What's up, guys? It's Vigor's Q&A on Friday, no less. Um, nobody in the chat yet, so let's see what we can do. Let's see how many people show up. I saw that Chase Irons was also going live, so my luck again. Uh, probably everybody's hanging out with Chase Irons' uh, live stream instead of mine. Okay, so a couple updates. Let's talk about Increlex first. After um, how many days has it been? Let's see, almost, well, over a week. <laughs> over a week, that's for sure. Um, I'm sleepy as hell. Yeah, very sleepy. 500 micrograms per day, either 250 micrograms bilaterally intramuscular pre-workouts or 500 micrograms subcutaneous on rest days. Now, I've had a consultation with uh, Dr. Scott Stevenson. I've talked to a couple IFB pros. Um, I wanted to talk with Scott Stevenson just to make sure that I'm up to date with scientific literature and making sure that I'm interpreting that correctly. I talked with a couple pros to um, get their anecdotal experience with Increlex. Uh, might be upcoming uh, some podcasts reasonably soon, just talked about that publicly. And um, so my personal experience so far is that I'm full as a house on 2,500 calories, eating protein, a little bit of fat, and a little bit of carbohydrates post-workout. Um, I'm so full that uh, even though I'm a lot stronger, I, I can't really feel the muscle anymore after six reps. <laughs> it's, it's fucking insane. It's uh, even now, like now everything is kind of pumped and tight and I know. We did blood work today, me and Aaron. Uh, I uh, forgo the uh, intra intravenous IGF-1 administration of 100 micrograms because I was a little bit worried about uh, going hypoglycemic and since I'm going to Japan tomorrow I didn't really want to be in a position where um, I was on the floor convulsing foaming at the mouth and then being admitted to the hospital or worse just before I'm going to um, travel internationally so um, you know, the plan is just to wait for the IGF-1 and the IGF-1 binding protein results. The IGF-1 binding protein results might take a couple days. So if you don't get all the results back tomorrow, me and Aaron, right, we did similar blood work parameters. If I don't get the results back tomorrow, then I will probably not uh, record a video and then send it off to the editor. So I might just update you guys on Instagram or something like that. Uh, I did full blood work at the beginning of uh, August and of course uh, today, which is, you know, at the start of September. So we have a full month in between, well, let's say 10 days on IGF-1, ramping up the dosing, uh, adding up at like 500 micrograms per day. So uh, let's see, stay tuned. And otherwise I got an entire month to continue to use it. Uh, I gained, well, almost 10 pounds. Yeah, I feel a little bit heavy. And when I do cardio, I'm, I'm incredibly pumped, which is fun, but also crippling. Uh, so the elliptical I had to forego for just walking on a little bit of incline. And it, I might just have to reduce the dose a little bit to maybe <laughs> maybe 200 micrograms or 300 micrograms because uh, the pumps are quite excruciating, even though I did get a lot stronger. I mean, today I did, you can probably see it here. I mean, look at this. I'll look at this side. You see all this shit in my traps? So I did um, V-squat, but for stiff-legged deadlifts, 10 plates per side. I haven't done that in over, well, not this year, <laughs> since I came off cycle. I did eight solid reps with a nice pause at the bottom. Uh, I should have uh, recorded it. All right, there's one person in the chat. Jake, please let me know how the audio sounds, just to want to make sure that everything is going well. Um, so that's the updates regarding Increlex. Blood work hopefully tomorrow, but otherwise uh, when I get back from Japan, um, I'll record as much uh, footage as I can in Japan, but I might not have a blood work update for you guys if I don't get everything back tomorrow. Second thing I want to update you guys with, 
is um, there's an Item Titans showdown in Bangkok. It's called the ITS event. Uh, you can find the link down below. It's going to be October 7th and 8th of 2023. So we're about, um, well, it's only six weeks from now. So if you're in shape and you want to do a competition in Bangkok with $75,000 worth of prize money, hit the link down below, register. Um, I believe it's going to be in one of the bigger convention centers, but they're going to confirm that uh, next Monday on September 4th. And Cosmic Neutropic asked me to give them a little bit of a plug of an ebook that was crowdfunded to be translated. It's called Medical Improvements of the Cognitive Brain Function, um, in brackets, Nootropics, by Dr. Edward, Edward Arushanian, a Russian doctor. So basically, um, you know, a guy that went into the research, looked into the benefits of nootropics, how the brain functions, and maybe discussed a little bit about Samax and some of the other USSR-developed uh, nootropics. Very interesting read. It's about 20 pages. Again, it's linked down below. Give it a read if you have some extra time. Some very interesting points are being made. And what else do I need to update you guys with? Um... Audio is great. Okay, that's good to hear. Um, I think that's about it. <laughs> right? So tomorrow uh, I'm going to go to Japan. Um, oh yeah, regarding the videos that are dropping next week, I did uh, I record a lot of videos for you guys, so you don't have to um, wait a week for my return. Next week I have um, a very interesting scientific paper about Trenbolone sandwich and Trenbolone rage. So yes, now we have some scientific evidence that trend rage is actually being induced in competitors. Um, designing steroid cycles with the uh, clinically recognized dosages of pharmaceuticals, right? Being anabolic energetic steroids. So whether that's um, previously um, FDA approved and now discontinued, so that's uh, Trimbalone, Masterone, etc., or still currently uh, clinically recognized. I pieced it all together. It's going to be a 35-minute video, so only for the intelligent people who don't suffer from ADHD and don't uh, scroll through TikTok vigorously, you know, waiting for the next seven-second uh, short clip to, um, you know, materialize. If you have a little bit of a brain and a longer attention span, you know, um, Apocalypse Now, the Redox Edition, isn't a problem for you, then uh, watch that video. It's very, very interesting. All of the medical literature and the medical, the clinically recognized dosages will be contained within, at least the ones I could find. And I have another video about wine replacement therapy. Yes, red wine can actually increase testosterone levels. So I might record another video tomorrow. I might be dropping next week, but um, I, I haven't packed my bag yet. So bear with me. Okay, we're man, seven minutes in. And uh, I didn't even ask answer a single question yet. So let's just get started. Let me make my screen a little bit bigger. Uh, remove the bookmark bar. And zoom in, oh, zoom out. My bad. There we go. Filippo Jim asks, Hey Steve, I'm just planning my off-season and would like to keep it simple. GH and tests. Sounds like music to my ears. However, I've never used a GH before. What dosage would you suggest to start with and when? Um, let's see, another question here. When would be the ideal time to take it? So, man, it seems like this question is coming up every week, right? Um, long story short, I have a GH and IGF-1 ebook. Uh, give it a purchase, like 25 bucks. Um, well worth the read. Uh, and otherwise, uh, start with one IU. Give it two weeks and then increase the two IUs and see how you do after that. As a general rule of thumb, for every 200, 250 milligrams of steroids that you take per week, I feel that one IU of growth hormone is um, giving you the most 
uh, the best synergy. So if you take 250 milligrams of uh, TRT, right, generous TRT, uh, testosterone, right, testosterone antitypinate, then you're up to two IUs growth hormone for the utmost synergy. And then let's say you do three or four or five, six IUs growth hormone. I feel that that's kind of being wasted. You would need to take more steroids to have that synergistic effect. So if you're on test 500 milligrams, two to three IUs, Growth hormone, build it up slowly over time because you will start to retain some water. Even with IGF-1, as you can see from my face, you retain some water. I also have a lot of pimples. Man, not good. <laughs> not pretty, too bad. So, um, yeah, you would have to just slowly build it up because you're in the off-season, you're already on test. And if you want to take it for sleep quality, you take one or two IUs before bed, let's say around 9 o'clock. If you want to improve your pumps and your, um, you know, potentially a little bit of fat loss, take a pre-workout. And if you just want to take it for fat loss, take it before fasted cardio, um, you know, and that way you can uh, kind of stay a little bit leaner during the off-season. But to I use a growth hormone isn't magic. And unless you're on like a gram a test or maybe two grams a test, and then you can start building up the, the dose of uh, GH. So let's say four IUs or maybe even eight IUs, right? If you want to grow, um, yeah, you know, more foods, more PEDs and, and more volume is usually where it's at. <laughs> Miss Alejandra, is that a female? We have a female member, guys. Give a round of applause for the female here. Um, doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> You talked about spironolactone on a previous video. I'm currently taking 100 milligrams of spironolactone for hormonal acne and have been uh, for well over a year now. Will this have any effect on uh, my me gaining muscle, lowering testosterone, etc.? Yes, uh, ma'am, it certainly does because uh, spironolactone, aldactone, is not only an androgen receptor blocker, but it also inhibits various steps of the, uh, the sex hormone and neurosteroid cascade. So if you suffer from terrible acne, uh, like... I do. I mean, I don't know where these came from. Uh, maybe from some whey protein that I had. So long story short, here we go. Let's dive into the acne again, because you remember, after all, you paid for this information. Um, besides the copious amount of acne videos that I have, uh, long story short, hygiene, right? Very important. Removing the dairy products, very important. That's the cheese, the whey protein, uh, the cupcakes, anything with dairy remove it right as you can see from my face i had some whey protein and now acne is back with a vengeance look into doxycycline not an entire year two weeks of doxycycline to kill all of the bacteria on your face right on the, the topical bacteria is more than enough 100 milligrams in the morning 100 milligrams in the evening yes you would need to repopulate your gut microbiome because it's a uh, you know an antibiotic that is going to kill your uh, gut flora as well so you need some kimchi some sauerkraut some rough um, you know foods and and just everything to kind of slowly repopulate so it is a little bit of a last resort but if you suffer from terrible acne that's hormonal related it might be exacerbated with the bacteria that are currently present on your skin and the only way to really get rid of them is with a doxycycline right topical stuff doesn't really work because um, yeah, I don't know, from my experience, it doesn't really do anything. So if you suffer from hormonal acne, um, you know, look into all the other options that could exacerbate hormonal acne. And then instead of, uh, you know, messing with your hormones even more by taking an androgen receptor blocker and a steroidogenesis inhibitor, um, why don't we eat a little bit better for hormonal stability? 
right? Making sure you take nicotinamide mononucleotides for normal enzymatic reactions in the body. Making sure you take magnesium to contribute to another 300 enzymes and uh, processes of the body, right? You have to focus on your health. And if you really focus on your health, then your hormone balance will be a lot better. And um, the acne will kind of slowly disappear. Albeit, you know, if you mess up here and there, you take some dairy products or you have a little bit of ice cream or, or you eat a boatload of food with saturated fats that is also a little bit inflammatory, then, I mean, it can still come back, you know? So, you know, acne is one of those things where you just have to be on point all the time and taking medication like spironolactone um, is just masking it. It's not solving it. So you have to attack it with the root cause. And it means, um, yeah, going through all the steps that I highlighted in the acne videos, which all you have to do is type in acne and then you get like five to seven videos on my YouTube channel. All right. Jay Hodge asks, how long do I need to stay fasted after growth hormone? I shoot it in the morning and workout midday and preferred shooting insulin pre-workout as well um i think that's fine you know if you take growth hormone uh, while you're going to do some activity afterwards then you're burning through the you know the free from fatty acids that are coming from adipose tissue so again i always recommend to people to take growth hormone before activity to mitigate that i would think i was one of the first but you know on social media wasn't that popular 10 years ago i started talking about this on the message board so look into the biological pathway of growth hormone um what was his name anthony man what was his name also on the marriage boards anthony something man i forgot he was the one who found that scientific literature that you should supplement with a little bit of t4 and then I started doing a little bit more research about what happens after growth hormone administrations, releasing free from fatty acids. So I started recommending people to take your growth hormone before activity. Now, again, if you're physically active, it's usually not really an issue. Even if you take growth hormone with a meal before bed, your insulin sensitivity is still going to be okay. Your nutrient partitioning is still going to be okay. And I don't think you're going to get into a diabetic state if you limit yourself to two IUs of growth hormone per administration right of course it's you know the more knowledge that is out there the better people can make decisions but it also means that everybody gets paralysis um, paralysis by analysis and that everything gets overcomplicated. um you know <laughs> even guys that take like 18 IUs of growth hormone as long as they're physically active their triglycerides are in range i mean look at chase irons's blood work I mean, he does cardio, he does a workout, he takes his 18 IUs of growth hormone, he shuts the fuck up and he gets the job done and his blood work is great. So um, don't be a lazy bastard and then growth administrations somewhere around the workouts, you're going to be okay. And take some carnitine if you're really, really worried. Marcus Lenz asks, hey Steve, thank you so much for answering my question in such detail so far. Um, I guess I did, good. <laughs> I can't remember though. In which part of the body do you inject subcutaneous daily? Near the hip, forearm, thighs, near the knee, come to mind. Second question, oh, let's answer the first question first. Uh, where do I pin subcutaneous? I, I put everything in the upper part of my ass. That's not the middle, that's the outer side, right? Where the glute, normally where you would do glute administrations, that same area, you just grab it with one hand. Yes, that's how fat I am. And you just slam the subcutane or the insulin needle in there and you pin it sub-Q. Problem solved. Why do we do it there? That's the last place that's going to be visible. Um, unless you go to the gay bar and then you start pulling your pants down to advertise, which is uh, just fine, right? There's a market for everything. Uh, but for most people, 
once the pants come off, it's usually too late for the significant other. And you can still hide it when you go to the beach, when you go to the gym, every other place you find yourself. The pants only come off in the bedroom. Um, or again, it, you know, yeah, well, let's not go there. Uh, yeah, so I would do it there. Not in the abs, not in the forearms, not in the, the hips, not the knees. It's just, just whatever is covered with your underwear. And, and that's usually where I put my injections. And that way nobody will see it until it's too late. You know, and then what are you going to do? They're going to go home? Like, oh, I don't like your subcutaneous shots. You know, this this fat bubble that you have in your butt is uh, so, it's turning me off so much that I, I, I just can't do it. And it's, uh, I've never heard that ever. So put it there and forget about it. Second question, does each aromatized inhibitor have the same detection time? Eximestane, anastrozole, letrozole. No, um, man, I have to go through my notes. I think... You're stumping me now. I, I can't really remember from the top of my head. And again, I don't have the detection times here on um, my uh, laptop here in the studio. So, no, I do know that they have different detection times. It could be anywhere between three weeks to two months. But that's off the top of my head. And uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure if that's accurate. The longer I do this, the less the drug testing consultations I do. So... My apologies. Ask me in the comment section and I'll, um, if, if, I don't, if you don't forget, ask me in the comment section and I'll uh, look it up when I'm back at my PC, not at the laptop. Aaron Rolick asks, hey coach, do you think taking HCG helps with mental clarity and vigor? Because there are LH receptors in the brain and all over. Yes, they are. Other benefits besides sperm. Yeah, so um, I remember doing some research on uh, the LHCG receptor. That's a combination luteinizing hormone chorionic gonadotropin receptor that is also found in many regions of the brain. But as far as I can tell, most of the studies have only been performed either on rodents or on pregnant women. So long story short, again, from what I remember, um, HCG has some neurotropic effect, maybe not to the extent that the brain-derived neurotropic factor has or some of the other neurogenesis compounds or SSRIs for that matter. Um, but I, I do believe that it has some benefits in particular rodent models where they were injured. So they have a spinal cord issue and then they administer HCG and then this spinal cord issue is uh, resolved to a certain extent, right? Through the neurotropic effects that HCG has. Has. And it's also been linked that, um, you know, as luteinizing hormone levels decline with older age, that some of the cognitive uh, decline actually stems from this decline in LH levels. But at the same time, there's also a decline in DHEA, DHEA sulfate, pregnenolone, pregnenolone sulfate, estradiol, testosterone, right? So it's kind of like, you know, the endocrine system is kind of shutting down and thus your brain is shutting down. Um, so, yeah, it, it's very interesting. Um, and, and they I think they overlapped some of the behavioral effects of high HCG administrations of the rodents to similar behavioral effects of uh, pregnant women. So whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's the extent of what I remember. But it, yeah, it might be interesting for an, a separate video. I mean, I've been on a thousand IOS HCG every other day or three times a week for months now. And I can't say that I noticed anything more cognitive or neurotropic or... Um, you know, but maybe I'm just making myself stupid with all this hard, hardcore bodybuilding stuff and training close to failure. So maybe I'm just, uh, you know, yeah, walking a thin line that I'm not exacerbating my cognitive decline any further. 
Who knows? Next one. Zachabolic asks, I constantly get bad colds every two to three months. I live in New York City, so it comes with the territory, but what should I supplement uh, to mitigate this? My micronutrients are dialed in and uh, taking uh, two grams of NAC, two grams glycine, 200 milligrams injectable glutathione two times a week. Um, well, if you live in a crowded city, uh, do what the Japanese people do. Wear a mask. Or don't go outside. Or don't eat outside, right? I mean, if your chef is a little bit sick, a little bit sniffly, and, uh, you know, you get the complimentary cold from the food that they serve you. I know in New York City, a lot of people don't have kitchens, so they just order their food outside. And even though that's convenient, uh, yeah, you might get a complimentary cold or uh, the sniffles or, or just something that wrecks your immune system. So do everything you can to boost your immune function, it's sleeping right, uh, perhaps taking some TRT, supposedly good for immune function, albeit that higher dosages will uh, alter your white blood cell count and um, you know might have some effect on your innate immune system. So again, don't overdo it. Um, you know, make sure your oxidative stress is low, but you're already on 200 milligrams injectable glutathione two times a week. Uh, it doesn't really break the bank though. You might want to go a little bit higher. And um, yeah, wear the mask, you know? <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, of course, now the whole comment section is going to start complaining and that's fine. You're all welcome to complain. It only fuels the algorithm more. Please, please start complaining. But yeah. Um, and otherwise, yeah, go live somewhere else. Go live somewhere outside where there's not so many people where you can get exposed to uh, the colds being transmitted from one person to another. And when you, you know, go out clubbing and uh, you take the girl home, um, Listerine first, then the smooches. Right? Right? Yeah. 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 Or give her some vitamin C and then the smooches. Not the other way around. Not smooches first and then Listerine. You know? <laughs> Clean her up, you know. It's fucking. It's been a long night. Shower her, I put her. I give her some Listerine, and then you can do the nasty. Okay. Next one, Marcus. As hey Steve, is a pyrogen-free sterile vial suitable to collect different steroids? Therefore, weekly injection, or does the vial need to be sterilized other than uh, pyrogen-free? Thanks a lot. No, I think that's you. I think that's fine. That's what I do. I think I got a pyrogen-free sterile vial, and I just dump all uh, my week's worth of steroids when I was still using steroids. Man, fond memory. Such a long time ago. It's like a distant memory. Yeah, months ago. Um, but yeah, that's what I would do. Um, you get a you know a sterile vial and that's uh, vacuumed, and then I, I think I link it in my uh, Amazon store. Or uh, again, remind me, guys, and I'll uh, link it uh, down below with an Amazon link, so I get a kickback of uh, a whopping total of thirty dollars a month. <laughs> Why bother, right? Um, so yeah, you transfer everything in there, and then uh, then it's totally fine. I never had an issue. And keep in mind that your steroids also come with a little bit of benzoyl benzoate and benzoyl alcohol. So uh, most of the steroids come with something to keep the sterility going. All you need to do is transfer that, and then as soon as you're done transferring, every time you've uh, pierced the vial and you took a little bit of oil out, when you're done, draw, 
the remaining of the air because it's the air that is making your oil lose sterility. You can do the same thing with uh, reconstituted peptides or peptides which are already preconstituted. This is why insulin, growth hormone, and so many other peptides are in those self-sealing cartridges with a little rubber stopper that just moves up as you draw the liquid out. So there's no uh, reason for air to get in. It just sucks the rubber stopper up to the point um, you have, you know, maybe one or two IUs of whatever compound you have left to inject. And then, and only then, do you put some air in, shake it around so that all of the last remaining liquid can go to the bottom. And then you draw that out and then you throw the whole thing in the trash. So, yeah, you should be good. Mudasar asks, hey, Steve, I'm 42 years old, 87 kilos with 15% body fat, 5, 10 tall. So that's 100, let's say 100... 78 centimeters on 500 tests, 100 primo, 100 mastron, 2 IU's growth hormone, 8 IU lantus, uh, and oh, 100 micrograms T4. I was like, what the hell? 100 micrograms T4. Roughly, how many calories should I be eating per day? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> for your experience, I've been on gear for more than eight months. My time in the bedroom has decreased drastically. Is there any hacks for uh, lasting longer? Please share your experience in this regard. So, uh, regards in this regards with SSRI I, I mean you know I don't know how much you're eating now but you're probably cutting based on your cycle even though you're on eight IUs of Lantus you're 15% body fat so it might be that you need a diet break because your libido is low right you said that your libido is uh you know hacks to last longer time in the bedroom has decreased ah so you're more horny oh, okay yeah, well, maybe you st stop doing no fap. Maybe fap once a week to kind of lose the sensitivity. Anyway, to get a, a back to your calories, I don't know. It could be vastly different, dude. I mean, I, I needed like 5,500 calories to grow, and Aaron is growing on 4,000 calories. Everybody's different. So whatever you do now, make small 10% adjustments, whether that's up or down. Make sure it's all healthy. Make sure it's all bro food. Make sure it's all... Uh, approved by everybody in the bodybuilding community so you don't have to exclude the carbs you don't have to exclude the fat you don't have to exclude the protein make sure it's balanced i do a ketogenic diet but i still have a little bit of fruit post-workout it doesn't kick me out of ketosis because the fruit intake is maybe 50 to 70 grams right all going through the liver i'm in a ketogenic state two hours later so you have to work with what works for you Figure out which foods work well for you, which digest well, and then start making 10% caloric adjustments, whether that is up or down. And it could be 4,000 calories. It could be 2,000 calories. <laughs> I don't know your energy expenditure, um, and I don't know uh, how you respond to the food that you're eating. So you'll have to figure that out for yourself. And if you can't do that, hire a coach. You can afford all the drugs. I'm sure you can afford the coach too. Regarding uh, time in the bedroom, if you want to last and longer, uh, use a condom. Put some cocaine. No, 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 no. That's one in Vegas, right? Um, yeah, but if you're doing like something like no fap, I've had so many consultations with guys that do no fap, and then they, you know, Steve, when I, uh, I come so fast, and I'm like, do you, do you do no fap? He said, Yeah, I've been doing that for two years. I said, Well, maybe it's time to add a little bit of fat back in, so you uh, don't come so fast, dude. You know, lower the sensitivity slightly. Maybe fab once a week, maybe fab every two weeks, whatever is uh, enough for you to last longer in the bedroom. Um, and, and maybe check your, uh, you know, check your blood work because 
yeah, I mean, you, you're, you're, your estrogen levels might be super high, you know? Maybe that's contributing. On 200 tests and 200 milligrams of DHTs per week, it might not be a suitable um, ratio between uh, aromatizing compounds and uh, compounds which can inhibit aromatization. So, and then regarding with the SSRI, I mean, I had no issues with libido when I was using SSRIs on TRT. So you're on a little bit more. Um, check your prolactin levels, check your estradiol levels, and then take it from there. And your caloric intake might also contribute to your libido. So maybe fop a little, fop a little bit more. Okay, Jake, I'm almost down. Almost at your question. Sorry, it's taking so long. <laughs> Aaron Larlick asks, hey, Steve, what is the least amount of protein uh, that somebody can take and still build muscle in your opinion? Well, that kind of depends on how much steroids and growth hormone and insulin and carbohydrates you're taking because carbohydrates are protein sparing. So if you eat a thousand grams of carbs and you're on a performance enhancing drug stack to match and you're training quite a bit, I think you can get away with one gram, 1.25 grams per pound of body weight. So if you're 225 pounds, you should eat anywhere between 225 to, well, let me whip out the calculator. It's too much. Too much mental capacity on a, on this makes me sleepy, dude. 225 times 125, 180. Yeah, that sounds about right. 225 grams to 280 grams. If you're 100 kilos, 225 pounds eating that much carbohydrates and using performance enhancing drugs. And then the opposite end, of course, if you're in a caloric restricted state and taking a little bit of PEDs, but not the harsh ones. So maybe you do a caloric restrictive state and you're on TRT and nothing more. You might need 300 grams of protein, 350, 400 grams of protein, depending on how much fats and carbohydrates you're taking in. So uh, as a general rule of thumb, I think as low as one gram per pound of body weight, uh, but usually 1.25 grams is uh, more beneficial for most people. And you know how people are, I can't only eat four ounces of protein per meal, dude. Well, when you eat 200 grams of rice, <laughs> sure you can, <laughs> but the meal is just going to taste like ass. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of boring that way. But, yeah, you know, more carbs means less protein. Uh, and, again, and keep in mind the protein takes a longer time to uh, uh, digest and process in the intestinal tract. And uh, something like, uh, you know, rice or quinoa or oatmeal that digests a lot faster. And you want everything to pass through and go into skeletal muscle so it can do all this thing like uh, glycogen storage and anabolism and uh, protein synthesis and that kind of good stuff. So you don't want everything to get stuck in your stomach, right? This is why we increase protein intake and vegetable intake during a cutting phase so we can feel more satiated because protein makes you feel satiated. But how satiated do you need to be when you eat five to 600 to 800 to 1,000 grams of carbs? So... Yeah, I hope that answers it. Zekabalik asks, 27 years old, first time on testosterone and started low for long-term bodybuilding goals. 120 milligrams to sip. Well, that's, that's maybe a little bit too low. Uh, 750 IUs HCG split into three dosages. Total of free testosterone, 1470. Okay, that's maybe not as low as you thought. My reputable TRT clinic wants me to lower the dose. We generally don't like free tea higher than 35. Uh, your second opinion. Uh, fire your TRT clinic and find another one <laughs> that's willing to work with you. Or, um, you know, next time you go in for blood work, you um, you go to 80 milligrams test sip. So that's, um, let's say, a reduction of 33%, which should bring you to about 1,000 nanograms per deciliter and have your free uh, come down to, let's say, a little bit lower. So, 
maybe reduce it for the two weeks leading into your next blood work and then you present it to the doctor and said see everything is in range and then as soon as you walk out of the hospital or the trt clinic you pin the other 40 milligrams or 80 milligrams that you saved up over the last couple of weeks right um and then you do consultations with people who are a little bit more open-minded right to have your blood work analyzed that way i don't think there's a problem with 1500 milligrams uh, per week i mean your dose is quite low it could be that the, the testosterone is just simply not getting to the androgen receptor what you see with a lot of people with androgen uh, insensitivity syndrome where the androgen receptor has uh, you know unfavorable gag repeaters where the uh, the testosterone simply doesn't bind or bind long enough for normal androgen mediated gene transcription is that it starts floating around in the bloodstream and other people have very low numbers, but they're clearly highly anabolic. All the testosterone that you just inject is not in the bloodstream. It's on the antigen receptor doing its thing. So again, blood work is only one part of the story. How do you feel? How do you sleep? How's your libido? How's your cognition? How's your productivity? How's your pumps? Right? All of that, you have to keep into consideration. And your doctor only looks at the numbers, which after talking many doctors in my day, the smart doctors say we treat the patient, not the numbers. So again, uh, find a more intelligent doctor to get your prescription from, because this guy, um, we generally don't like free uh, tea higher than 35. All right, well, you just lost a fuckload of business. Because TRT ain't cheap. All right, Jake, finally got to your questions. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around. Jake, uh, or Steve, uh, Jake asks, Steve, is there a ratio of estradiol to testosterone or free testosterone to estradiol that you would like to see for most golf field best at? Derek, more plus more deaths is a ballpark of estradiol, 5% of testosterone. So if it's 800 nanograms per deciliter, testosterone estradiol should be around 40. Um, yeah, you know, you can do 5% or, or um, a ratio of like 13 to 70 to 1. But, you know, it, it's usually a little bit hard to tell because there's so much more hormones that fall into your uh, sense of well-being. You know, your DHA, DHA sulfate, pregnenolone, pregnenolone sulfate, your dihydro-fucking-testosterone also plays a role. And some people crush that with finasteride or, or other methods. So, um, again, there are just numbers on paper. And before you do blood work, um, why don't you make a little diary for yourself? Again, with the notes I just mentioned, how's my libido? How's my cognition? How are my pumps in the gym? How's my erection quality? How's my overall sense of well-being? Etc. How's my hair loss, my acne, all these things, right? You can just make a checklist, rate everything from a one to five, right? This this amount of acne on my face, yeah, it's mirrored. Um, I would rate that a one star out of five. I've had acne five times worse, right? So this is, um, it's not zero, but it's present. It's a one star out of five. But my libido, that's a five star, right? That's a man. Yeah. Legendary. So, and I'm off cycle. And my testosterone is only 630 nanograms per deciliter. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, testosterone is not only the, uh, the only measurement. You have to look into everything. Your diet, the other hormones in your bloodstream, right? So, go by the reference ranges. If your testosterone, not the feminist reference ranges that only go up to 800 nanograms per deciliter, um, the real masculine reference ranges that go up to 1100 nanograms per deciliter. If you have 800 nanograms per deciliter on your testosterone, you're 300 points short 
and your estradiol at 40 picograms per milliliter, you're four points short, right? It goes up to 44, 45 picograms per milliliter. I would say most people feel best if everything is towards the top of the reference range or equally above that. So if you're 25% over the reference range and your total testosterone level, you're going to whip out the calculator. It's been a long day. 1100 times 1.25. So let's say you're 1375 nanograms per deciliter on your total testosterone level. And your estradiol should then be 44 times 1.25, 55. But if your testosterone is like 2,500, which is over double out of the reference range, your estradiol shouldn't be 88 picograms per milliliter, which is double out of the reference range, because beyond 75 picograms per milliliter or picograms per milliliter, stop stop correcting me in the comment section, please. I, oh, but comments help the algorithm. doesn't matter what they're about. So please correct me in the comment section, right? Everything fuels the algorithm and gets into, you know, the hands of a new audience. So um, picograms. Yeah, anything over 75 picograms per milliliter might cause gynecomastia, especially if your prolactin is high or your progesterone levels are high. So look into the total picture um, and, and go by how you feel. Some people feel good when their testosterone is 2000 and their estradiol is 25. Right? Just a number on paper, dude. Audio is great. Okay, thank God. Jake, for drugs like a genotropin or gonal F, um, so that's GH and FSH, that are preserved with m how long after the stated expiration date do you think it can actually go bad? Honestly, if you keep it in the fridge and at a stable temperature, I think it's still good for about 60, 90 days even. But keep in mind that genotropin and gonal F are again in those pens that are self-sealing. So unlike HCG that you reconstitute where you add in the air, which can then start denaturing the proteins, with genotropin, gonal F, or, um, you know, like like with uh, the HCG, for example, right? uh, what is it called, uh, Ovitrel, that is in a self-sealing syringe, right? there's no air in there, but if you start transferring that to insulin syringes, you expose it to air. So this I would like everybody to use within two weeks or three weeks at maximum. So that means you have a thousand IUs uh, three times a week over six administrations of, um, you know, from the 6,500 IU Ovitrol uh, syringe. So if you do 500 IUs, and you use that over four weeks, by the third and fourth week, you might not notice as much of a benefit because you've exposed it to air and you increase the risk for denaturing. This is why usually insulin, um, Incrolex, uh, the one that I have in the fridge, and, and most of the pharmaceuticals they mention finish within 30 to 60 days. But with HCG, since it's in vials, uh, most HCG formulas that we used to use, right, the pregnils, it's in vials, you add in the air or, um, you know, generic GH in vials, you add in the air and it's the pollutants and the crap in the air that is going to denature your protein and make it lose potency. And um, again, you know, if you keep it right, if you re-vacuum the vials, uh, I would say 30 to 60 days, but with HCG, it seems to denature a lot faster. With insulin, it seems to stay good for 60 days, albeit that I've used insulin for 60 days or 90 days even because I was doing like five IUs of Lantus and that's self-sealing. So you use it for months in duration and then you go from five IUs Lantus, the last dose of the pen to the new dose of the pen and then you see your blood glucose level make a big fluctuation because the new pen has not been denatured. It's still 100% bioavailable and bioactive. 
uh, and this should get a more pronounced effect. Similar dose, more pronounced effect from the old pen to the new pen. So, um, yeah, it's basically like food. Just just finish it before it expires. And if that means you have to up the dose, uh, yeah, so be it. That's why I'm running through this uh, Incrolex faster than last time. <laughs> Jake, for example. Oh, wait. I should have answered this uh, right away. Goal F says it's only good for 90 days after being removed from the refrigerator. It's probably only 5% less potent 90 days or 50% less. Um, I go through my Goal F pens really, really fast because I use 75 IUs every day. So those 900 IU pens, uh, let me see. I think two weeks, 900 divided by 75, 12 days I go through them. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to stop that shit. <laughs> Such a financial strain, this recombinant FSH. Mm. All right, I think we're done. Jake, you got any more questions? You're the only one here, dude. I think everybody's hanging out with Chase. Let's see if there's anything new on Patreon. Mm. Oh, nine notifications. Oh, Ahmed. Oh, God. Perfect timing, Ahmed. Uh, 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 uh. All right. Well, here we go. I'll start adding them here. Give me a second. Ahmed asks, from your ultimate heart healthy endurance stack, you spoke about beta blockers. What about Metro Metropolol? Is it a selective and also short half-life like propanolol? Give me asthma-like symptoms. I've nowhere near. I've never used the Metro. Polol, and I've never really looked into it. So I only mentioned the ones which are commonly used, propanolol and bivalol. I both have experience with them, so I know how they affect your endurance, stamina, etc. Um, whether that's you know in the context of bodybuilding or endurance sports. So with most of the compounds, I like to talk from my own personal experience. There's a boatload of beta blockers out there that I haven't tried. I have no interest in trying. Um, but if you like what you hear from propanol or bivalol, look for the most closest one and do some research and see which of the other beta blockers makes more sense to you. I mean, if you go to the WADA list, there's like hundreds of drugs on there. So I, I can't possibly take all of them and have personal experience with them. So my sincere apologies. So if you see something else and in propanol will give you asthma-like symptoms, then uh, try something else if you want to try a better blocker. All right, another one from Achmed. One second, I'll get to you, base sir. One second. In the middle of this... Ahmed asks, I asked before about the T4 for hypothyroidism, but my TSH keeps getting lower, now it's around 0.25. So, I mean, if your TSH is that low um, and you're taking T4 or T3, then I guess you're getting the job done. I mean, you might actually take a little bit more because you don't want your TSH to go all the way down because then your pituitary uh, thyroid axis 
is downregulated, just like your pituitary to uh, testicle axis is also downregulated. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> your hypothalamus pituitary testis axis is downregulated when you take steroids. So um, don't overdo the thyroid meds. You only need to supplement a little bit so your TSH doesn't go too high, but you don't have to crush it to zero to the point you have issues with your thyroid. And otherwise, watch that video about how to get off thyroid medication. Base sir, hey, it's Friday. Yeah, tomorrow I'm flying to Japan, buddy. So I can't make it. I'll be in the airplane around this time. Uh, are we feeling vigorous today? Actually, I'm feeling sleepy as hell. Um, but that's the Incrolex. You know, I've been training an extra set every, uh, with every workout. So I'm, I'm a little bit overtrained, I feel. Um, but luckily next week it's just walking and eating. Hopefully I don't get too bloated. Um, so let's see what happens. Wait, sir, I was in Greece recently. Got Norma Pharmacy great over the counter. Fuck yeah, dude. Nice one. Nice one. Norma Hellas. Um, testosterone oil. 250 milligrams per milliliter and ampule made in castor oil. Familiar with Norma. Yeah, I, I used those back in the day when I was still in Holland. I got a massive headache from it. Oh, no. Uh, typically, did UGL probably dosed in MCT oil uh, out for TRT. That's weird that you got a headache from it. Um, how much did you pin? Like four amps at, at the time? Um, you know? Hmm. Try it again. Sub Q, like 0.1 milliliter. That's, that's what is it? 25 milligrams test. And maybe you get an adverse reaction to the oil. I haven't used Norma Hellas in, well, over a decade. I think I used them on my third cycle. Uh, very pricey. So if you usually uh, use the underground lab and MCT oil, then of course, you know, the, the rate of dispersal of castor oil versus MCT oil is a huge fucking difference. Um, you did 0.3 ml. Yeah, maybe you're allergic to castor oil or maybe the high benzyl benzoate concentration because products produced in castor oil contain a lot more benzyl benzoate than the ones produced in MCT oil where you almost leave zero um, you know, benzyl benzoate because it's, uh, it's such a you know better solvent, an oil-based solvent compared to castor oil. Yeah, or, or your normal hellas weren't filtered properly and the castor oil came full with ricin or ricin that can actually kill you <laughs> so be careful it was six euro per milliliter like 60 euros for 10 milliliter i got in total man that's a great deal dude yeah six bucks for a pharmaceutical test that is not bad i hope you had fun in greece seems like everybody's going to greece um chase irons went to greece uh what is his name uh aaron reed right the tallest bodybuilder that did a couple movies went to greece i think william bonak is in greece and then mr based sir went to greece I feel left out. Maybe I should go to Greece also. Maybe I should stock up on some Norman Hellas. It uh, sounds tasty. Sounds tasty. All right, let's get through these questions from Ahmed. Don't you feel like you're wasting your Incrolex with just being only on ACG? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Actually, I feel like the Incrolex is wasted on me in general because supply is so limited and I'm not competing. Um, I don't have any aspirations to be any bigger than 100 kilos, which I'm already are. I just want to recomp a little bit. Um, so I will run for another month and then depending on supply, um, yeah, we might do a lottery or something. But, you know, I might keep it in the fridge also because I do like the effects of the Incrolex. So yeah, technically it's wasted on me. Um, I can't imagine how it would feel on a little bit of cycle or using this with a little bit of testosterone. 
But, you know, sometimes you don't want to wait. You want to get your hands dirty, which I am, for the sake of the community. Um, and look at the views. And look at the interest. So, we are going to continue as soon as I get back from Japan. Base Sir, I was able to get Provine and Arimidex over the counter too. Greece is awesome. Yeah, so they got a great steak. They got beautiful scenery. Um, pretty women. And, and, and steroids over the counter. It sounds like Thailand. Yeah. Stairs over the counter, beautiful women. Uh, some some of those are men, all right. But you, the longer you stay, the easier you catch on. And beautiful scenery, right? Mountains and beaches, and uh, uh, you know, uh, temples and and ruins of ancient civilizations. It's uh, yeah, Greece and Thailand, great places to go to. New question: Ever, ever have any experience with test cream compound at twenty twenty percent? Damn, on delts of the scrotum area. I'm 29 years old, 25% body fat. I wanted to try the cream. Worked great for me years ago. Now, I've never tried the cream because I'm always afraid that I'm going to transmit some of that to my wife. Even if I put my underwear on and then wash it in the same laundry as my wife. I mean, you've heard these horror stories of men using testosterone cream and then washing their underwear or, you know, washing their clothes with their wives or their children. And they get virilizing effect. So, no, I inject my testosterone and that's it. I inject my testosterone and that's it. I don't want to use any cream. Um, you know, if I want to take some uh, testosterone uh, sublingually or DHT powder sublingually for libido, hell yes. Um, and I make sure that that's completely absorbed and rinsed from my mouth before I start kissing my wife. Because again, you know, uh, don't want to do anything virilizing to her. She's already done competing, so we're, that chapter is closed. Uh, Ahmed asks, Semex mechanism is inhibited by nitric oxide synthase. Can this have a negative effect on whole body nitric oxide? No. No, you're over <laughs> you're overcomplicating it, Ahmed. No. No, otherwise everybody would have severe issues with their um, blood pressure, which nobody has running Semex. Uh, how do you see the studies of Nandrolon can affect memory and cognition? I'm looking into that. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Base sir, uh, also note about Greece. Not all pharmacies will have this in Greece. I suggest a pharmacy in Athens, Greece airport, wink, nudge. Okay. Um, yeah. Remember, kids, hide your sources. Although, um, as soon as you get to the airport, I'm sure everybody's going to stock up when they arrive. Not before you leave, because then you get into trouble. Unless you fly to Thailand, um, it doesn't really matter. All right, last one from Ahmed. Uh, how to pin cycle ratio of test master on MPP? Uh, test and master on a one-to-one ratio and MPP between 50 to 200 milligrams. So. If you run test at 200 milligrams, master on it, uh, 200 milligrams, I would say 50 to 100 milligrams MPP. But if you do 500 tests, 500 master alone, maybe as high as 200 milligrams NPP. Again, the higher the dose you take, the more of the certainergic and cognition and, and, and mental uh, effects you can get from the NPP. Um, and of course, the more watery you are. So... I still like testing masterone in a one-to-one ratio. If you go like 500 tests, 500 masterone, you might need a gram of masterone to, um, what, 500 tests, 500 MPP. <laughs> yeah, 500 tests, 500 MPP. You might need a gram of masterone to keep the estrogen suppression down, down because you have so much aromatizing compounds that you need test plus NPP in a one-to-one -one ratio to your masterone. And again, do your blood work to see if everything is going according to plan.
Uh, do you keep up to date with USA Research Chem Company News? Seems that the FDA is going to after lately pretty hard. Yeah, weird. Uh, they go after some hard and, and not at all others. It's in the election year. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of uh, them are doing this, especially Biden, who has also been always against steroids and also has always been against HCG and other biologicals. Biden is the enemy of performance enhancing drugs. And uh, of course, well, he would be a prime subject of getting some performance enhancing drugs for cognition. <laughs> well, let's not get political. Uh, you know, might get my channel terminated. <laughs> Already too, uh, um, you know, outspoken sometimes. But yeah, they're, you know, they're going after research camps. You know, first you had. Uh, um, you know, uh, discontinued or non-approved steroids, right, in the form of pro-hormones. And they have SERMs or SARMs, right, that's being kind of che uh, checked out. And then they do re research chems with the peptides. And then the community will make something new. I mean, all the stuff that's not on the water list, uh, there's so many more drugs that are not even on the radar that are being sold and being used. Um, you know, and, and dude, if even if the USA shuts everything down, doesn't mean you can't import it, you know. The rules are there to be bent. You just have to do it in an informed fashion to see what the repercussions could be if you start importing. You know? And otherwise, um, move to a country where they're not treating you like a child and start paying your taxes there. Yeah? They don't treat you right. You don't pay taxes. You move somewhere else. Right? Start supporting a government that treats you a little bit better. Go where you're treated best. Base sir, I think Big Pharma really doesn't like these sites selling semaglutide for really cheap. Yeah, because semaglutide is very expensive. And of course, you know, the producers of semaglutide, liraglutide, diluglutide, or terzepidide are going to go after the compounding pharmacies and these sites that are selling it for cheap, being the generics being produced in China or compounding pharmacies in the United States. And the way they get around the patent is because semaglutide there contains vitamin B12, right, to boost metabolism or, or something else to kind of bypass the patent. So yeah, eventually, um, you know, they'll try to shut you down. And, and you know, if you, if you want to use something outside of these extreme, highly priced, um, you know, uh, pharmaceuticals that don't have real uh, generics behind them yet, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Gray, gray area. If you can't afford it, but you still want to use it, uh, then you have to go, go gray area. Or, or go with a compounding pharmacy that's willing to prescribe you something that's, uh, you know, bypassing the, the, you know, the patents. So, you know, I think that pharmaceuticals should be cheap and available for everybody. And the education should be available for everybody, too. And then if people don't want to get educated, um, then let God sort them out. That's the same with recreational drugs. Just make it available. And whoever is not intelligent enough to do the research... Um, yeah, they'll figure out it out the hard way, <laughs> you know. So, but that's my stance on it. You know, I think everybody is uh, has the right to do whatever they want to do with their body. Um, if you're an adult, right? So, if you're an adult, you want to take some wrecks, and you overdo it, and you die. Your fault. <laughs> your fucking fault. And same with performance enhancing drugs. You overdo it, and you die. It's your fucking fault. So. Yeah, I think I think everybody can use it informally and safely, but maybe that's just uh, like my opinion, dude. All right, any more questions? Otherwise, uh, we're gonna well, it's five minutes left before we have to go public, and then on the Incrolex questions will start coming in again. 
All right. I guess we're uh, we're good. Cool. Guys, I'm going to open up the chat for uh, Gin Pop. Get ready for Super Chats and people with memberships that are $1, $5 that didn't buy the Vigors Inquisitor membership. <laughs> and then uh, let's see uh, if everybody is entitled uh, to get all their questions answered. Okay. We are public. Bathroom break. Be right back. All right. Hold on tight. I uh, got to take care of business. Be right back, guys. What's up, guys? It's Vickers Q&A on Friday. Ah. There we go. Mm. Is Chase Iron still alive? I'm going to send him a DMCA takedown so he doesn't go live when I'm live. <laughs> No, it's all good. All right, let's see. Hopefully, it doesn't mess with my internet connection. Yeah, Chase is still alive. All right, well, we'll wait for everybody to jump ship. Um, hopefully, he doesn't go live for like four hours. I got about one and a half hours left, guys. All right. That rope is the goat, the shit. Yes, it is. I love this rope. It makes me look naked. Same uh, skin color. It's getting a little bit tight, though. <laughs> On Inkerlex, I'll tell you that. Like it's, you see? Oh, still not bulging shoulders like I used to have, but uh, never say never. All right. I hope you had a good time in Japan, coach. Yeah, I'm going tomorrow. That's why we're doing this vigorous Q&A on Friday. All right. So uh, I'll let you know in a week <laughs> how much fun it is. Coach, did I miss the private life? Yes. But if you didn't see it, then you're probably not an inquisitor level. <laughs> It's only for the Inquisitor level of $10 a month, right? So if you're on the $1 level or the $5 level, then uh, you probably don't see it. Because it's only for the, you know, 
the super members. Let's see. Any, Alexi, any supplement recommendations to lose the last 2 to 3% body fat? Not interested in train or clean. Um, 5 amino 1 MQ to, to improve nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide recycling in adipose tissue so you don't, um, you know, lose metabolic rate in the adipose tissue so you can have a normal excretion of uh, fat. And uh, Yohimbine or Robocine, maybe, you know. So 5-amino-1-MQ. I have several videos on this YouTube channel. Give those a watch. I go into, um, uh, you know, I go into great detail there. And, uh, yeah, give those a watch, man. It's very expensive. But most people that I recommended to, they said that the last 2 to 3% body fat reduction is uh, 10 times easier and less intrusive regarding the use of Clentrin and Yohimbine or uh, Growth Hormone or whatever. Uh, because fat metabolism within adipose tissue is just uh, normal or even sped up to a certain extent. So, yeah. Let's see. Let me zoom in a little bit so I can read these questions. Hello. We already have time for a question from users from YouTube. Are oh, you still sponsored? Uh, sponsored of what? <laughs> I'm always sponsored. Actually, I don't have any. Oh, well, I have Gorilla Mind as a sponsor. All right, Gorilla Mind, America Health is a sponsor, but the other guys are just affiliates. And uh, I get in my inbox uh, every day, um, you know, uh, sponsorship opportunities, but they don't meet my requirements and they never want to send me their products to try. Right? And I'm going to try something first before I uh, start marketing that to my audience. Try first and then promote, not promote and then try later. That's not how it works. Uh, good morning. Good night. It's 1 a.m. here. Any new thoughts on any of the H supplements? Uh, didn't really get a chance to look into it. I didn't even know it was available. Again, remind me in the comment section because I get so many messages that I usually um, forget. Let's see, what would you do if LL37 doesn't work for gut issues? Well, follow an elimination diet, uh, do an endoscopy to see if there's a tremendous amount of inflammation in your, um, what is it called, the colon, the last part. Um, maybe fast for a couple days, you know, I mean, or, or check your genetics. Right? There's so many different ways to fix your gut issues that I actually have two videos about that. Please give those a watch. LL37 is just one way to kind of reset your gut microbiome. But maybe you don't even need to reset your gut microbiome. Maybe you just need to stop eating the foods that your digestive tract don't agree with. Maybe you need to do carnivore for a month. Yeah, but only a month. Not not the rest of the time until you the point your lipids are so horrible. Right? And your SHBG goes sky high to, your, to the point your free testosterone levels are zero. Um, maybe try it for a month. Right? You only eat beef. And uh, also in a caloric uh, deficit, you don't have to eat beef and tallow and, and butter. And man, I did that. It was horrible for my lipids and my skin texture. So just eliminate as much as you can and then start reintroducing the foods that you feel are important. Uh, and no bread and, 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 and processed garbage. That's not important. That's important for your tongue, but not for your overall health. All right. So keep that in mind. 
Che, I got blood work recently. My HCL was 39 and LDL was 143. I added in insoluble and soluble fiber into my diet as well as citric bergamot, krill or more omega-3s three, uh, omega three times a day. What else might I add in? Um, I think you're doing everything right besides azetamibe. Uh, but, you know, if you already added all of this in, why don't you recheck your uh, HCL and LDL a month on this new protocol? And then see if your HDL is 50 or 60 and your LDL is like 90 to 110. And if you are not in that range, maybe add in the azetamide, right? Your HDL will stay the same, but your LDL will come down to 70 to 80. So that's um, what I would do, right? You're already doing everything right. Uh, yeah. So, well, you can add in the, the flush niacin, but I don't think that really works. I don't think that really works. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, follow-up question. I had terrible gut issues. I fasted, used LO37s two times a day, and did carnivore for a month. Okay. I also then added in oregano oil, uh, berberine, and took out all artificial sweeteners. Then I did uh, a course of rifamixin, rifazimin, that it after that, I did a bunch of repopulation, and Chase tried to send everybody over. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Chase, you're the man. Uh, but something would allow him to do it through, so it says something in case. Okay, so, uh, oh, that's another guy. Um, so, he tried basically everything. Already tried carnivore. I don't know, maybe do a food allergy test. Seems that if, if there's still something present after trying all of that, I would do a food allergy test and, and, and see what you can reintroduce, you know? And you might have SIBO, you might have other intestinal issues. Sometimes you just need to discuss it with a doctor and get diagnosed or maybe do an endoscopy to see what's going on internally. And then, um, you know, take it from there. All right. Jay Krim. Taking oxymetolone, 50 milligrams sublingually on leg and back training days with 300 milligrams testosterone cypionate, metoprolol post-workout. Okay, we just got a question about that. I've never tried metoprolol. Or is that propanolol? Is it the medical dose for propanolol? Propanolol, metopro... No, it's a different one, right? Yeah, it's a different one. Not that metoprolol is the... Uh, the brand name for propanol. No, it's a different one. Okay, so I was correct there. What are your thoughts on Lozartan for blood pressure management? Um, yeah, I mean, you're adding an A or B to a beta blocker, so it could make sense. Uh, just make sure you check your blood pressure, you know, for a while on this metoprolol post-workout, because, again, that will lower your blood pressure. But if it has a short active life like uh, propanolol, then it's only going to be active for a certain amount of hours out of the day post-workout. So if you take Lozartan, which I'm not sure what the uh, half-life is. Lozartan half-life. We're going to ask Mighty Google. Oh, relatively short terminal half-life, one to five to two and a half hours. Yeah, so you might be able to take that pre-workout to prevent uh, high blood pressure during your workout running Anadrol uh, twice a week. And then take the metoprolol to, uh, again, if it's similar to propanolol, which, again, I haven't used metoprolol myself, but if it's similar to propanolol, which I do think it's somewhat comparable, um, you should be able to get back into, you know, your sim parasympathetic uh, state 
and kind of, you know, start recovering faster. So it would make sense, but still make sure that you use the Lozartan for a week or two by itself and before you start combining that with metoprolol because it might be too much of a blood pressure reduction. And again, the dose is also uh, kind of deterministic of how much blood pressure reduction you're going to get combining both of them. But yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Jay said, asks, Steve, how does radius rise doses two times a week compared to ozenamide? Well, it's a different mechanism, right? You're inhibiting cholesterol synthesis because radius rise contains a mono, monoculin K, monoculin K. Fuck. Man, it's a lot of Googling today. Mono, yeah, monoculin K. <laughs> monoculin K. Uh, too much IGF-1 makes you sleepy as hell, guys. I mentioned it at the start of the video, but I know you guys are just tuning in. Um, so the monoculin K inhibits cholesterol synthesis in, in you know, one of, I think it's the 17th step of cholesterol synthesis. So zetamibe um, promotes cholesterol excretion from the liver and, it, liver and inhibits cholesterol absorption in the intestinal tract. So you're excreting whatever cholesterol is present in the liver and whatever cholesterol you eat. Yes, dietary cholesterol has an effect on serum cholesterol levels. Otherwise, everybody on the carnivore diet would have beautiful li uh, lipid levels, which they don't, right? They don't. Really, guys, they don't. They see the blood work all the time. And then they start pulling studies out of their ass and inf inflammation is low. So, again, look longitudinal data and then we'll talk. So, azetamide promotes the excretion and inhibits the absorption, and red yeast rice inhibits cholesterol synthesis. I don't think both are required. I think azetamide gets the job done. Um, and otherwise, there's always citric bergamot, which is, helps with cholesterol metabolism and glucose homeostasis, especially when you combine it with berberine. And then red yeast rice is uh, like, kind of like a third choice, you know, in this um, intervention of lipid management. Is Chase in the chat? I don't see Chase yet, but you know the the messages keep piling up. We need to hyper physiological man, <laughs> hyper physiological man. Yeah, with Chase Arns. Yeah, we'll do another collaboration soon, man. I like doing collaborations with Chase and Paul because you know we're all YouTubers, we're all on the same page, we all like to share information and educate people, and then you know talk openly about what we do with our own bodies, and then educate the masses that way. So uh, yeah, I think that uh, Paul uh, Paul Barnett's uh, podcast that we did yesterday uh, was well received, but since he's not on a crazy high cycle like uh, Chase Irons is, um, I couldn't. Um, put like five grams of steroids and 18 IUs of growth in the thumbnail, so he got a little bit less views. But don't worry, uh, I'm sure once he starts getting into shape and his cycle uh, changes a little bit and the trembling sandwich comes back in, I'm sure we can make a, a sexy thumbnail and a sexy title and then he can get 20,000 views also. But again, Paul is a solid dude. I'm looking forward to meet him. Same for goes for Chase Irons. I'm looking forward to meet those guys in Ohio and then with Scott McNally and Skip Hill and then so many other people, Justin Harris, I think it's going to be a blast. And then I'll be the smallest dude there. Great. Great. Maybe I can out-angle people with, uh, you know, the, the, like flexing, like, closer to the camera. <laughs> uh, sucks. Ah, finally, a super chat. I was getting a little bit nervous. 
Uh, oh my god thoughts in lgd dude this is a no serms zone you know better this is a no serms zone so my thought is um i think serms are for quitters i think serms are for pussies I thought Austrian and LGD and, and uh, you know, they had some merit, some benefit and the more research I did and the more, um, what is it, uh, the, the, the trials, right? Uh, clinical trials started to get dropped left and right, the less faith I have in them. And um, yeah, I'm at a point right now where I don't, I think storms are a waste of time. Really, really. Otherwise, the entire bodybuilding community would have adopted storms and said that they were going to switch from steroids to SARMs and got much better process and, and all these bodybuilders wouldn't be dying, right? Yeah, but it didn't happen. <laughs> so uh, the people who like SARMs are the ones who promote SARMs and people who don't promote SARMs um, usually don't talk about SARMs because they know they don't work. So that is my stance on it. Hey, Steve, hope you're well. Are you active on any steroid forums? If yes, which ones? Uh, I've seen some old school forums are dying out, which is a shame. No, I haven't visited the steroid forums for a very long time. I, I sometimes check out professional muscle for some of the articles, which are like a decade old or intense muscle, but it happens maybe once a month. Honestly, I, I can call anybody in the fitness industry and ask right away, right? I mean, I had a consultation, a great consultation with uh, Dr. Scott Stevenson uh, talking about IGF-1 and growth hormone and some of the pathways to make sure that my understanding of the medical literature was in line with what his understanding is. Um, so I can just call anybody. I don't need to visit the steroid forums. I have a vast network of highly intelligent individuals that run their ideas past me and I run my their, uh, my ideas past them. So I, I don't have to go to the start forums and just argue with people that I'll never meet. Uh, so th that those days are over. Uh, SNC nutrition, best thing to take to increase HDL. Uh, also, hematocrit is too high at 56% with only taking 200 milligrams testosterone recipient. Maybe fish oil, maybe berberine, and that's about it. You know, if you're on cycle, your HDL is going to go down. And if your hematocrit is too high, next time you go in for blood work, make sure you do um, you know, you drink like one and a half liters of water so to make sure that you're hydrated. And if your hematocrit is still too high, then get diagnosed for sleep apnea. Because on 200 milligrams of test, your uh, hematocrit shouldn't really be that high. And you can take IP6, you know, to um, to get your iron absorption down and, and um, use enalapril. But if your hematocrit is this high on only 200 milligrams of test, sleep apnea would be my first thought. And, and maybe your HDL is low because sleep apnea is bad, right? Because it ha can have a negative effect on all your metabolic markers as well. So start looking around, see what is the cause. Is Chase here? Oh, Chase is here. All right. Chase, what's up? I tried to do a redirect where uh, when my live ended, it would automatically send over all my viewers to wherever video I connected it to. It said it needed to be on your permission to link to you. Did I get an... I didn't get a notification for that. Anyway, I appreciate you for trying. Uh, that is very, very cool. I didn't even know that was possible. But I'm, you know, I'm, I pick weights up and I put them down, right? <laughs> That's what I do. And I, I draw shit into syringes and I inject it sub-Q or intramuscular. That's the extent of my knowledge. Uh, so <laughs> much appreciated, Chase. You are the man. Um, well, we got 90 people in the chat right now, so I guess it worked. Much love, bro. All right, let's see. 
Oh, a lot of new members. A lot of member questions. Uh, Marco, building on bioidentical off-seasons, uh, building up bioidentical off-season, would you add Anadrol at any point? Yeah, it's no longer bioidentical, but you know, if you're keeping yourself healthy by doing a predominant bioidentical off-season cycle, and you want to close your off-season off with a bang, uh, then I don't think there's anything wrong with Anadrol. Um, 50 milligrams, 100 milligrams, depending on your experience and ability to regulate your blood pressure. Um, yeah, push through some strength plateaus and, uh, and, and, and close the off season off. And then after that, you probably need a deload and some time to uh, get the water off and get your blood pressure under control and, uh, you know, take care of all these nagging injuries that you've now built up after two weeks or four weeks on Anadrol. And then, uh, then you can take a break and get into a cruise and, and let the Anadrol metabolize. So I'm not against it, dude, not at all. New member new member welcome to the vigorous crew guys thanks so much for your support che i watched i still watch the entire podcast with steve his story about partying with dmx is crazy oh yeah <laughs> yeah that that came out of nowhere when paul started talking about taking mdma in las vegas and going to a dmx concert concert and having been to many a concert including rap concerts uh, albeit not on mdma but i've been to concerts on mdma uh, predominantly these uh, techno raves um, I can imagine how much fun he had and then getting into the VIP lounge and meeting DMX. I mean, I mean, that sounds like a legendary story. And, and that story got a lot of traction. It was so cool that I had to put it at the beginning of the podcast. Epic. Only SARMs you should consider is maybe Cardarine or SR9009. Yeah, which are both not SARMs. They're metabolic modulators. So they, uh, yeah, I think they have their place. But everything that's really a SARM is selective androgen receptor modulator. And, you know, I'll tell you guys a secret. Big secret. Every steroid is a selective androgen receptor modulator if the dose is low enough. Yeah. Yeah. 2.5 milligrams anovar per day, selective. 3 milligrams testosterone per day, selective. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So... We've all been using SARMs all along, but the ones that work, the ones that are steroidal, and we still use them in such high dosages that they're no longer selective and start uh, potentiating hair loss and, and, and all kinds of other issues. You know, so, yeah. If you want to use a low dose of something, use steroidal uh, selective androgen receptor modulators. And, and YK11 might have something uh, going for it, but again, it's not FDA approved and probably never will. And, the, and you know, the, the mention that it might be a potent myostatin inhibitor, if that was really the case, all the pros would be using it. And I've never had a consultation with an IVB pro that said they swore by YK11 and that's why their blood work parameters were horrible, which YK11 certainly does to your blood work, right? Horrible blood work every time I talk with SARM goblins that take it. So, okay. Uh, Panit, eight weight on a, eighth week on the first cycle, 250 milligrams test sub Q per week. Results have been great. Thanks for steering me away from 500 milligrams and Debo Kickstarter cycles. All right. Anecdotal results speak for themselves. Nice work. Keep it there. And if you want to bump it up um, after 12 weeks, 16 weeks, to 375 milligrams testosterone with an aromatized inhibitor or um, you know, something like Mastron on top, then um, do your blood work and take it from there. 
Vicarian, hey Steve, I saw a few videos of yours recently that you were mentioned uh, on your safe short list. What would you be most up to date, including your steroids, orals, and peptides? Uh, steroids, testosterone, primobol, and anivar. That's it. Growth hormone, if you don't have cancer. Insulin, if you don't have cancer. IGF-1, if you don't have cancer. Um, most, of the bio, most of the peptides are okay, dude. Again, you have to do your due diligence researching and keeping track of your health, but the dose is the poison, you know? So if you start megadosing, you know, particular drugs and you don't take uh, precautions by checking your cancer markers or doing MRIs or organ imaging, and then, of course, you're irresponsible and, and you know, something could be dormant. Uh, growing and growing and growing to the point it's too late. So I don't think that any steroid is particularly safe. Um, you just need to manage your health accordingly. And the higher the dose is, the more of an anabolic response you uh, want, the more health management needs to be in place. Right? All right, where are we? Uh, let me select a couple questions. Uh, oh man, so many questions I've answered so many times before already. <laughs> uh. Let's see. Does nicotinamide mononucleotide do similar things for 5-amino-1-MQ for fat loss? Um, it will increase your NAD plus levels in adipose tissue, but it won't prevent the recycling. So why don't you take them together? Yeah. <laughs> Many of the anti-aging clinics are doing this. They take 5-amino-1-MQ, 50, 100, 150 milligrams per day, and maybe 500 to 1,000 milligrams NMN per day. And those guys get great results. Absolutely stellar results. So uh, when in doubt, take both. Right? And I think both are relatively safe. I, I wasn't able to find any clinical evidence that NMN is uh, terrible for your health or 5-amino-1-MQ, but both are reasonably new compounds, uh, not available as a pharmaceutical, albeit that NMN you can find as an over-the-counter supplement. 5-amino-1-MQ is uh, very expensive, uh, unless you check out my link tree and contact um, Gin Oracle, which is one of the compounding pharmacies that I work with here who can prescribe 5-amino-1-MQ internationally so you have to do is go through that link of gin oracle true health and uh, fill in the application form <laughs> i mean my link tree has sources upon sources that yeah you should do yourself a favor just bookmark it so you don't have to ask these questions like, oh, is this one legit if it's on my link tree it's legit what do you think about this is it on my link tree it's not on my link tree right okay then it's not legit even though i do like um what is it uh uh, what is that peptide website? Not purchase peptides, it's an old one. <laughs> uh, peptide, peptide sciences. I like peptide sciences. I asked for a discount code, but they said it was not for human consumption. And then I see that peptide sciences is uh, advertising in some very large YouTube channels. I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, good stuff though. Overpriced, but good. All right, a lot of members in here, but we're going to go with the super chats. That's why we have the vigorous Q&A that's private for an hour. That's for members. And then the rest is for Super Chats. Professor, 
How is it that the testosterone is able to cross HCBG, whereas HCG is able to raise it? I would assume TRT would increase HCBG because of higher estradiol. Now, because your TRT is usually super physiological, and even though estradiol is high, if you do administrations over twice a week, the androgen load um, and the increase for de-esterification ester, in the liver and other tissue, where SHBG is stemming from, requires more uh, sex hormone binding globulin for transport of the testosterone to SHBG receptor complex or androgen receptors in the peripheral tissue. So um, the more frequent you administer testosterone, and I know Derek said the opposite, but he, I think he made a mistake there, which I pointed out when he made that video. Um, if you want to keep your SHBG high, you should do less frequent testosterone administration because the androgen burden of every injection is thus less um, compared to daily micro-administrations, which from all the blood work that I see, SHBG go down and estradiol goes down, which seems to be a regulator of SHBG. If you want to bring your SHBG up somewhat, um, carnivore diet in a caloric surplus, thyroid medication, and everything else will bring it down. Yeah, or ectesterone and uh, turkesterone to a certain extent. But I don't think that the price is, uh, you know, worth just solely to increase your SHBG levels. Um, and the anabolic response that you get from turkesterone or ectesterone uh, alongside a testosterone replacement therapy or more is negligible, honestly. So it's, um, yeah, HCG can raise your SHBG because it raises estradiol especially at higher dosages, disproportionately to the amount of testosterone that it raises, or higher dosages of HCG, even though testosterone levels go up, the estradiol levels go higher disproportionately, and thus the androgen burden is less on your SHBG for the amount of SHBG that your estradiol can now um, promote the production of in the liver. And uh, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> right? So... Unless you uh, increase your testosterone intake with your ATG intake, then yeah, well then the testosterone burden is of course higher than the estradiol uh, can raise your SHBG. All right, next one. How long does ATG monotherapy take to increase testosterone? I would say one to two weeks. How long? Uh, how can I increase testosterone production on it? Does icing testicles work? Yes, I've been doing it for months. Works great. Look at my fertility parameters. My testosterone levels didn't really go up that much, but my fertility. Oh man, oh man, enough for a whole football team. So, um, you know, HCG monotherapy, 250 IUs, 500 IUs, three times a week, maybe a thousand IUs, three times a week. Do your blood work when you feel good, see where your levels are at, keep it there, and ice your testicles three times a day with an ice pack wrapped in a towel, strategically placed underneath your nuts um, to improve blood flow thereafter. Right? And when you increase blood flow to the testicles, make sure it's full with taurine and vitamin D3 and uh, carnitine right? and selenium and everything else that helps with testicular function, um, including HCG. So if you time it around the same time as your HCG administration, yeah, yeah, everything is going to the right place. I've been doing it for months. It feels good, man. Let's see, where are we? Man, so many questions, guys. Uh, if you start spamming questions, I'm going to block you. Because I see a couple double ones already. 
Uh, a great podcast with Paul, Steve. Really good talk with some insights. Hope you are. Um, hope to see you in tomorrow's live stream. Now I won't be there because I'll be flying to Japan. That's why we're doing this vigorous Q and A today. So um, from tomorrow onwards, I will be out of commission. But I still have three videos upcoming, so don't worry. There will be videos on my YouTube channel with shorts, but I will not be doing a live stream. I might do it next week, Saturday, but don't count on it. Uh, I might be hammered um, because it's Saturday after all. I'll be in Osaka, and Osaka has a lot of sake, and I do like my sake. So, you know, sake down, bro. Lucas, what's up? 100 milligram sip. Uh, 100 milligrams testosterone cypionate, 100 milligrams Primo, 50 milligrams DACA. Last year for my super TRT, estradiol got tanked, single digits and acne, converting a high DHT, low estradiol. Diet is Steve approved, blood work perfect, except for low estradiol. Thoughts? Uh, increase the DACA in the test and then take it from there, right? Or, or reduce the Primo. Maybe this ratio is not working for you because you're lean or you're uh, a high converter. So the problem is if you convert a lot to DHT and your testosterone is going to DHT and your primo is adding to the DHT burden, then I would say increase the DECA to promote the conversion of testosterone into estradiol. And um, thus you have less DHT burden because again, now more testosterone is converting to estradiol and less to DHT. And a DECA converts to dihydronandrolone, which doesn't really have a DHT burden. So. I would say that hopefully your libido will stay good or better because you know higher estradiol assuming it's in the reference range would typically result in better libido all right alexander i'm overweight 30 to 35 percent oh let's fix that let's fix that fast and hypo uh, my doc said he would prescribe me hrt i'm trying to lose weight should i listen to my doc or lose weight first and continue uh, i and continue your content. Okay, <laughs> I love you, bro. Yes, I will continue, but not next week, even though I have three videos buffered. So don't worry, you will still get your videos. Um, I would lose weight first, man, because the problem is if you go on HRT now, you have a lot of potential for aromatization, which occurs in the body fat. You have more potential for increased blood pressure and um, you get results for free, which might sound appealing, but then you don't learn how to control your diet and get results without the TRT. Right? If you get the results without the TRT, then it's well-earned. And then when you add in the TRT when you're 15% body fat, or ideally 12, uh, you progress further. Whereas if you add it in now, and then you get down to 15%, you don't know how to progress further because you didn't learn how to use your body without performance-enhancing drugs. I was natural, drug-free for 11 years. Right? I know that's unheard of. Um, but yeah, get the results before before adding in the HRT. And it might be that your testosterone levels actually get better by reducing your body fat, because again, less potential for aromatization of testosterone into estradiol. So the 300 nanograms per deciliter that you have now might end up being 400, 450 nanograms per deciliter. If you eat right, do your daily fasted cardio, uh, get your supplementation in order, right? Try to boost your testosterone levels naturally by getting your body fat down and following the lifestyle. And when you put it in the work, then you've earned the HRT, Maybe you don't even need it, but you're probably still going to go with HRT. Um, and then you'll make a lot more progress and you'll be happy that you wait because by the time you add in your HRT, you have control of your diet, you have control of your blood pressure, you have control of your body fat, and the HRT is just going to accelerate that and make sure that you don't have any side effects. So that would be my advice. Uh, get healthy in a good state of health. And um, yeah, then earn the HRT, man. 
you'll, you'll have a much better result of that. This is always the dumbest question ever. Steve, what do you think about semen retention? <laughs> For what, dude? I'm married. I'm trying to get her pregnant. Don't be a fucking idiot. Semen retention is the dumbest thing ever. I didn't have sex for a month. Fuck you, dude. You're probably fucking ugly. I didn't jerk off for a month. Okay. If you're having a lot of sex, that's fine. <laughs> but you probably get so much, uh, you know, sensitivity that you're coming in five seconds. So your dick is meant to be used. Fucking use it. Fucking use it. The amount of selenium and zinc and whatever nutrient is in your semen protein is negligible compared to what you're eating. So no, semen retention is the dumbest thing ever, and only losers do that. Real men go spread their semen as much as possible. Eh? And if you're married, you spread it to one person. And if you're single, you spread it to a lot of women. Um, and, and don't get them pregnant, obviously. Right? That's a lot of alimony. But just spread it around, man. Fuck, spread the love. <laughs> That's what I did when I was single. Fuck. <laughs> I just fucking blasted all over the place, all over Asia and Europe. I blasted. Fuck. <laughs> I don't fucking get it, dude. What, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> and I wonder why everybody's socially awkward. Semen retention. No. Go talk to girls. If they give you the cold shoulder, you go bro talk to the next one. Right? All these girls are on TikTok being super sexy and shit. They got horrible personalities because all these pussies are too scared to go talk with them. Go with, talk with the girls. Go talk to as many girls as you like. If one rejects you, you go to the next one and you keep going, you keep going until you can spread your semen all over the fucking planet. Just don't get them pregnant, all right? Blast in their face. I don't, I don't get it, dude. Man, I'm so happy I was, I was, grew up in a, in a time without social media where, where you didn't have to worry about all this nonsense, you know? You could just do whatever the fuck you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with, within needs. <laughs> Just scatter that shit, dude. Yeah, here. Scatter seeds. Caesar knows. Caesar knows. Scatter the fucking seeds. Jesus fucking Christ. <sighs> oh. All right. $5. I'll take it. Shake it, baby. <laughs> Fuck, I like, love Juke Nukem. Uh, Rick Ross, do you still recommend Cialis for blood pressure? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that Telmasartan is better for your blood pressure. But, you know, back in the day, we didn't know about Telmasartan. Um, so uh, we used Cialis, and it was easier to come by than Telmasartan. Because, <laughs> so, you know, most of the sources that would have steroids and some Viagra and some Cialis. So you would use Cialis, 10 milligrams per day for erection. Cialis is 10 times better than Telmasartan or any ARB. Um, and for pumps also, but if you want like a wholesome blood pressure experience, uh, adenosine monophosphate. <laughs> no, Cialis, Cialis, or Telmasartan is for wholesome and, and Cialis is for like the middle leg uh, to spread your fucking seeds. Yeah. Here, Lucas knows, Cialis. Zigzag now, Cialis. Blaster face. Stanley knows. Also Cialis. Oh, Stanley also a fan of Cialis. Uh, Grand Britannia. Sorry, Steve. I meant to include my question for a donation. Okay. Where's your question? Oh, here. Here's your here's your donation, and here's your question. Okay. <laughs> Let's get back on track. Fuck. 
Oh, so many swears, I'm going to lose monetization again. So I'm, I'm counting on your super chats because next week is going to be expensive. Last time I went to uh, Japan, I spent like $6,000. Um, and that was living at my buddy's uh, place who was working at the embassy. So I didn't even pay for the hotel. Oh, no. Okay, next one. Um, luckily, the yen is tanked. <laughs> So I might get a couple cheap deals. Uh, sorry, Grant Britannia, Britannia, not Britannica. That's the, that's the, what, what is that? Uh, uh, never mind. Okay, testosterone solo versus testosterone EQ at the one to one ratio. What would be the advantage of running EQ over high dose testosterone, assuming I work up to around 1.5 grams in total? Hair loss is very much a concern. Um, watch that video that I have a two parter, it's like two hours long. Nice and long, right? Built, backed with scientific evidence, citations, timestamps. Man, way more than you can expect from any other educator in space. A two-hour video with timestamps and citations. Titled, Baldenone and Kidney Toxicity. Two videos, two parters. Watch that video, make up your own mind. And then if you still want to use Baldenone, um... Yeah, and a one-to-one -one ratio, 750 milligrams of test and uh, 750 milligrams of boldenone. But if you get the 300 milligrams per one milliliter version, which is still uh, okay because boldenone has such a high solvency. I mean, it's basically a liquid when you uh, get it, allegedly, or so I've been told. And then you're on 900 milligrams. So you have uh, 1,650 milligrams in total. Sounds good. I've run that in the past. Um, I felt pretty good. I look pretty good too, you know, I got polycythemia though, so my hematocrit <laughs> blood cell count is pretty high, but I was eating a lot of steak. So, so again, make, yeah, encyclopedia, yes. Yes, nowadays we have Wikipedia. It was uh, in, in my head. So, all these words, man. And sometimes I edit my videos back and I'm like, why the hell did I say that? <laughs> that's not the, Steve, that's not the right word. Dude, bruh, and then I have to edit around it. Yeah, I'm on camera too much. I need a vacation. All right, so hair loss is very much a concern. Um, well, uh, equipoise doesn't uh, prevent the conversion of testosterone into dihydrotestosterone. So if hair loss is a concern, uh, maybe lower your test to like uh, 500 milligrams and take a gram of baldenone, but your estradiol levels might be down. And estradiol is also hair protective. Right. Estradiol helps with collagen synthesis, keratin synthesis, which is the foundation of hair. So, you know, if you care about your hair, uh, Nandrolone only cycles. Yeah, but you have to go to the dark side of the internet where uh, Tyana Clark and, and his minions reside. You know, actually, that, that podcast with Tyana Clark was very, very good. I, that guy needs to be on social media more. Uh, I might have to get him back on and debate him. <laughs> I like Tyana. He's, he's, he's a good guy. And I'll just get as many guests on so I can piss off Victor Black more. <laughs> Which is easy because, that, you know, everybody has Victor Black on a shit list. So it doesn't matter who you get on. Uh, Victor gets pissed. <laughs> uh, poor old fart. Nobody likes him. It must be a horrible way to live when you know nobody likes you. <laughs> All right. GTA reaction. Take my money. I love your content. I love it too. I love taking money. Yeah, I'll spend it all next week. Thank you so much, GTA. That $2 will go into... Um, 
can you get anything for two dollars yeah they have the daiso right that's like a one dollar shop so i can buy two items at daiso uh even though youtube just took 45 percent, so i can take one and a half item <laughs> daiso <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll buy something for you gta reaction if i don't forget um yeah hey steve if i super chat how do i type my question uh, i i don't know i've never super chatted in my life <laughs> um so i guess you super chat and then type the question in the comment and and do it at the same time guys help him out gta reaction help this guy out tell him how to super chat i have no fucking idea yeah i usually when i want to help people i just send them by uh, paypal because the the commission is uh, better right so when when uh, i talked with chase and he said he didn't go to super mario world or super mario uh, the movie I send them by PayPal, not by Super Chat. By PayPal, because um, the the revenue is much higher if you send by PayPal compared to Super Chat. So I just donate through PayPal or, um, you know, in Ampules. But that's only for the people here. I like what you do here is, you know, take it. Here's my stock. Um... The more you donate, the more characters you get. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. You only get 200 characters when you uh, <laughs> answer questions, which I, I, I makes sense, right? If you were like, I've had like $100, $200 super chats, and you should have a fuckload of characters, you know, enough for ASCII art. Um, hopefully, it's PG-13 and not like, uh, yeah, or, or even, you know, animated GIFs. But then it turns into, um, you know, Twitch. Where they just start, yeah, and then it's you know read out loud, and then you really get to insult the the person that you're watching. So, yeah, let's see. Let's answer some uh, some more members. Coach, how do I manage mental fatigue post workout? I have no idea, man. I worked out today. I'm mentally uh, fatigued. I tend to get insane sleepy by the evening. I'm a student and can't afford Solank or Samax. Um, don't take so many sets to failure. Keep two or three reps in reserve or train um, earlier in the day so you can take a nap and then uh, rejuvenate yourself. So I trained literally an hour or finished my workout an hour before I went on stream. That's probably why I'm so sleepy and the Incrolex isn't helping either. Um, cerebral lysine helps to a certain extent. But if you can't afford the Solanke and the Samaxine, you probably also can't afford the cerebral lysine. Um, and today I trained with zero reps in reserve because I felt so pumped and I did an extra set for every work, uh, for every exercise. So yeah, I'm pretty fucking sleepy, but luckily Gorilla Mind Respawn is helping, which is starting to wear off. So we got about 45 minutes left before I throw in the towel. All right, guys, and uh, you guys asked me for sources, but if you're asking me about sources on my link tree, then yes, I recommend them. <laughs> But keep in mind that sourcing is not like Walmart or Amazon. Right? You have to do your due diligence researching and be patient. All right, ZigZag. Why do I get randomly energized at night and evening? Um, maybe you eat too many carbohydrates. You know, maybe you're in this uh, uh, fight or flight state from your workout. Maybe you take your pre-workout a little bit too late. Could be uh, multiple different things, you know. All right, let's see. Boo Boo Stowe asked it once, twice... How many more times? Double, right? Yeah, did you ask one more time earlier? Let me scroll. No, I don't see it. Still, it's double. And we have a rule here. Um, you ask your questions double, then you're out of here. So, 
Painful nipples after two weeks of taking finasteride, gyno. Will it go away? Temporary reaction. You should have done your fucking research. That's what you should have done. It's a common side effect of taking, taking finasteride. And everybody knows that finasteride, by inhibiting the conversion of testosterone into dihydrotestosterone, promotes the conversion of testosterone into estradiol. All right? Oh, I don't know what to say. But you're still in timeout. See you later. Andy, Steve, do you use a CPAP? No, luckily I don't need CPAP. I don't. I never had sleep apnea. Well, maybe once or twice um, when I uh, went to, to town on the hotel buffet, a five-star hotel buffet where you pay like $60. So yeah, you get your money's worth, man. You eat all the steak and you eat all the expensive food items and then you go through the, you know, the, the, the dessert aisle like five times. <laughs> and then after that, yeah, straight to jail. <laughs> Right, somebody knows it's Monopoly. So, straight to jail. Uh, so, no, I don't use a CPAP. I, I've woken up dizzy once or twice in my life. Um, and that was after the hotel buffet. So, luckily for me, I don't uh, suffer from sleep apnea. But I know many people do. So, uh, I have a video about how to self-diagnose yourself um, using a webcam, a laptop, so you can just record yourself throughout the night. And then instead of watching the entire eight hours, ten hours back, you... Um, you look for the spikes in the audio. So if you see an audio spike that goes like out of the rest, we're just normally breathing, that means that you're gasping for air. Like, you're <gasps> like that. You can easily see it on the audio track. So that's how you kind of look at it. And then you go do a sleep study or find an APAP, CPAP machine on the black market, secondhand. And then you get it resolved. Uh, but luckily, I don't suffer from it. All right, Super Chats, here we go. Steve, how can I attenuate the neurotoxicity of steroids? Um, by not taking them. <laughs> I think all steroids are neurotoxic, but some of them have been more investigated than other ones. So Trembolone and Androlone are apparently the most neurotoxic. But if you look for Primaboline and neurotoxicity or some of the other steroids, it's, it's, there's barely any studies. Doesn't mean that they're not neurotoxic. Absence of evidence isn't evidence of absence. I wish some of these other educators knew this or understand this. But, you know, they used to be, well, let's not go there. Um, but, yeah, they were not anything special before they started educating. So I don't expect them to understand. <laughs> you know, it's not like they had a real education and real work experience um, with complicated matters and, and how to deep dive in, in particular situations. So... You know, none, no steroids are, are, neuro, are safe for your brain. That's why we use antioxidants. That's why we keep our estrogen levels high. And you can say that aromatized inhibitors are the devil for, um, you know, brain health because they inhibit the conversion of testosterone into estradiol. And it's the estradiol that's neuroprotective by um, minimizing the neurogenic or the neurotoxic burden of testosterone, which is, uh, what is it, excitotoxic. Um, but look at the list of things that are, inhibiting the aromatized enzymes. It's more than aromacin, aromidex, or letrozole. It's a lot more. It's a lot, a lot, a lot more. And then these same guys to say, you just need to make a dose of mastron. Well, mastron is also a uh, reversely binding aromatized inhibitor. And just because it has been studied, doesn't mean it's not neurotoxic. Fuck. Man, you have to sift through this shit every day. <laughs> every single day. Uh, well, luckily you guys can choose who you listen to, right? So, 
you know anybody but half a brain would understand this okay so how can you attenuate the neurotoxicity of steroids uh, antioxidants um, uh, melatonin is a very potent antioxidant glutathione vitamin c and not taking so much steroids especially the ones that have uh, uh, you know scientific literature behind it them them that they're neurotoxic trimbalone nandrolone etc so but you're going to have to pay the price man life is short <laughs> life is short I've had elevated fasting glucose on my blood test around 108 to 117 nanogram uh, milligrams per deciliter. Uh, hemoglobin A1C comes back middle of the reference range. Is there uh, some other tests I should do? Uh, check your fasting insulin levels and uh, start doing some daily fasted cardio and don't eat so many carbohydrates before bed or just get in shape uh, in general. Berberine will help. Magnesium with meals will help. Apple cider vinegar will help. Um, what else? Uh, keeping your estradiol levels favorable also helps with glucose homeostasis. Actually, I cover all of this in the insulin ebook. It's only a hundred bucks. Uh, give it a read. <laughs> yeah, give it a read. But it's if you don't have a hundred bucks, uh, daily fasted cardio, fish oil with each meal, magnesium with each meal, apple cider vinegar with each meal, berberine once or twice per day. Uh, what else can you do? Uh, again, keeping your estradiol levels favorable. You know, and and don't eat so much uh, crap. You know. Parks and Recs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but just make sure it's a nice park and make sure you have a nice rec. Recs, if if I'm interpreting this correctly. Um, right? You need to have trees that are fully in bloom and green, and then you can do some recs to enjoy those a little bit more. Uh, Grand Britannica, uh, Britannia Encyclopedia. <laughs> Crippling insomnia on Nandrolone only. Oh, man. Probably because your uh, DHA and pregnenolone levels are bottomed out and your estradiol levels are low. Even with microdose testosterone for estradiol, DHA and pregnenolone uh, got Tyan got pissed at me for asking about this in his Facebook group. Uh, oh, time to move on then. Maybe you should get him on board and ask him about it. Anyway, um, of course, DHA and pregnenolone will increase estradiol levels and, and increase the rate of uh, testosterone converting into DHT. So maybe that's why. But, dude, if nandrolone only is not working for you and you get a crippling insomnia, get back on testosterone, add in some DHEA and pregnenolone, and you can and, and some growth hormone before bed and some glycine and whatever else I recommended in that four-part, four parts sleep deep dive. Four. Go watch it. It's only like one and a half hours in duration. All right? Go watch it and then uh, and then get some ideas. Test deca EQ ratio two one two uh, five hundred two fifty five hundred. Yeah, yeah, it could work. It could work, but again, uh, do blood work and take it from there, or maybe do like uh, two one and three. All right, so two parts testosterone. One part deca and three parts boldenone. So that's 200 tests, 100 deca and 300 boldenone. All right. So uh, one cc of uh, everything. Test cipionate, one cc, 200 milligrams for one milliliter. One cc decadurabolin, right? pharmaceutical grade, 100 milligrams for one milliliter. And uh, one cc uh, boldenone undistillate uh, underground lab, 300 milligrams for one milliliter. One cc of each, and I think you'll be okay, but confirm it with blood work. Yeah, and watch that kidney toxicity video, please. And don't forget to like and comment a couple times. Help a brother out. Uh, let's see. TMD brush 
brush cutting and firewood. Man, somebody's under their like business account. <laughs> I hope you're doing well. Uh, hey, Steve, how's things? Uh, I could be better, but I'm uh, going to be better tomorrow because I'm going to Japan having a nice holiday. Uh, should I, being with aromatized inhibitor with 750 milligram cysteine on a week while cutting Mastron, or while running Mastron? Well, if you run Mastron in a one-to-one -one ratio, 750 milligrams also, you probably don't need an AI. But if you only take 300 milligrams of Mastron, you probably need an AI. Um, so again, what is your Mastron dose? Uh, can, uh, uh, here we are. What is your Mastron dose? And uh, so we can give you a little bit further advice. Where are we? Where are we? Here we are. Is there any scenario where you would want to use Mastron over Primo if price was not a factor? Also, how long would Mastron and Primo stay in your system and not reflect in blood tests? Um, I mean, if you're in a cutting phase and you're towards the end, we really need to make sure that water management is in place. Um, but again, if money is not a factor, dude, just run both. <laughs> <laughs> just run both don't be a pussy right grab a test grab a primo 500 masteron and then towards the end you might go to a gram of master 500 primo just to keep the uh, overall anabolic anogenic uh, steroid intake the same two and a half grams again if you're a freak and otherwise you reduce the dosages of all um and how long would the effects of primobol and masteron uh, be in your system let's say four to six weeks and then, uh, you know, after six weeks, your blood work might still be bad, then it starts recovering. So I would say from the last administration before your blood work gets better, uh, your lipids predominantly in your SHBG. I would say um, in your estradiol, obviously, duh. Fuck, how many times do I need to mention it? Um, I would say eight weeks. Yeah, eight weeks. Give it some time. Let's see if oh, TMB brushing. All right, so, yeah, he's on 300 Mastron and what was it, 750 test? Yeah, you might need an AI. I would say 6.25 milligrams aromacin three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and uh, do some blood work. But if you want to run more Mastron to uh, keep your estradiol under control, I I'm not against it. But again, that's one and a half grams of steroids, so you better train hard. And you better cut those brushes and firewood hard uh, because 1500 milligrams of steroids should make you look like a freak. So you better do all of that without a shirt or at least a lumberjack, uh, you know, shirt with the sleeves cut off. And uh, and then you can uh, turn some heads, particularly the housewives that are walking their dogs. And then you can take them right uh, at, at the bushes. Uh, no semen retention in this area. Right? This is a uh, no, no semen retention. What is it? A no semen retention zone. Uh, so you better spread the fucking love when you look jack and tanned. All right, where are we? No name. Great to see you live, Steve. Thanks for all you do. Yeah, my pleasure. Sorry for being off topic the whole day, but I'm uh, I'm ready to go on holiday. <laughs> Who can talk about drugs the whole for two and a half hours? I mean, I've talked about drugs all day already. It's, it's all I do. And if I don't talk about drugs, I don't get views, unfortunately. So this is my life now. <laughs> Talking about drugs. Uh, well, at least I'm able to afford, uh, you know, everything that my family wants. So I can't complain. Henry, Henry Fam. 
Uh, does low LH or FSH matter if test and sperm count are satisfactory? Uh, last year, my LH was 6.1 and FSH was 0.8, but my tests reached 518 nanograms per deciliter and uh, measured two to three months post, uh, post-cycle therapy. So it, it's very normal for LH and FSH levels to be low for quite a few months after post-cycle therapy. And then usually around the six to nine months mark, it starts to really increase. Yes, that's how long it takes. That's how long it takes. Now, if your sperm count was already satisfactory three months post uh, PCT and your testosterone is 518, um, it could mean that, you know, let's say six months after PCT, that your sperm count is so satisfactory that, again, you get into the no semen retention zone and you start spreading love uh, all around you. Again, uh, you know, on, on uh, with approval of the significant other, right? Don't do, don't, yeah, don't do it un, uh, uninvitedly. That will get you jailed. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if your testosterone levels might get up to 750, you know? So keep in mind that LH and FSH and testosterone is all a moment in time. At least semen is a little bit more of a longer time period because it takes, you know, some time for your semen to kind of materialize and get into your seminal vesicles ready for ejaculation. And you can manipulate the motility morphology and that kind of stuff with uh, more frequent or less frequent um ejaculations and the use of glutathione or other um, antioxidants. So maybe your LH and FSH were low because your testosterone was high and maybe later on your testosterone was a little bit lower, allowing your LH and FSH levels to be a little bit higher. But estradiol also plays a contributing role in that. So again, it's a moment in time. And if your semen parameters are good, I would say that most of the time your LH and FSH levels are quite good because you still need good amount of LH and FSH for your semen parameters to be satisfactory to the point you start spreading that around all i wear is uh well all i wear is the muscle shirts i scare everybody at the gym good good right dominate dominate these people show them what's up Steve, since you enjoy a cigar once in a while, is nicotine uh, not to smoke deleterious to cardiovascular health? Dude, we're all going to die anywhere. Eventually, right? You can live to... My, my grandfather is now 97. He has Alzheimer's disease. He doesn't even know what he had for breakfast. Um, but he had a great life. He, he never smoked. He barely drank. He was in the war. Right? He ate healthy. And even though he's 100 years old... It, everybody ends up the same way as they were born you know um yeah fragile so dude i think once in a while nicotine is not deleterious for cardiovascular health i think smoking once in a while is not deleterious i think taking some steroids at moderate dosages is not deleterious um if you eat healthy and you exercise and you're on top of your supplements and you you know have some debauchery here or there some alcohol some cigars some wreck drugs I think it's fine in moderation, dude. The last thing you want is to look back on your life when you're old and just have nothing to look back on. <laughs> Man, all these people, I mean, I, I'm so scared. <laughs> scared of what? <laughs> Death is guaranteed. <laughs> so might as well fucking enjoy it, man. Fuck. I'm, I'm going to fly to Japan. There's two typhoons along the way. I'm still going to go. And if I die, so I, fuck, I had a great life, dude. Shit. And I smoke some cigars, many, many a cigar. I'll bring six cigars with me, and I might smoke cigars every day. Do I worry about my cardiovascular health? 
while I'm there, I think the sake and the wine is going to do me in. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. All right, where are we? All right, DK, you're out of here. Donkey Kong, get out of here. Fucking spamming. Don't have time for that shit. Blue STI, what's up, bro? Uh, here. Somebody learned a lesson. My apologies for asking my question twice. Once for each nipple. <laughs> Jesus fuck. At least he has a sense of humor about it. All right. What are the best steps to take right now? Quitting finasteride or waiting it out? Yeah, just stop the finasteride. And if your gynecomastia is really bad, use some Nolvidex or Tamoxifen um, to block the estrogen receptors in the nipples. Because, you know, when you get gyno, it's usually just puffiness and, uh, and, and a little bit of inflammation. It doesn't mean you wake up with full-blown gyno to the point your nipples start squirting milk and you end up in a Austin Powers movie where you have the fembots shooting all kinds of projectiles out of their tits. Um, yeah, that's the kind of answer you get for six, six euros. <laughs> um, yeah, so quit the finasteride. But the problem is finasteride takes a while to metabolize. So uh, do your blood work, see where estrogen levels are at, your prolactin levels are at, your DHT levels are at. See if you got adequate DHT inhibition from the finasteride dose that you took and see what happened to your testosterone and estradiol levels and then take it from there, right? If you can source finasteride, I'm sure you can source, um, uh, what is it, raloxifene or tamoxifen. 20 milligrams tamoxifen or 60 milligrams raloxifene before bed usually gets the acne or the, the gyno under control. Uh, the benefit of tamoxifen is that it has a uh, metabolite, norindoxifene, which also acts as an aromatized inhibitor, so you reduce your estradiol at the same time. With um, raloxifene, I would say that it's better to shrink your gyno. It can actually reverse gyno with about 50% if you take a high, high, high dose for long enough, albeit that selective estrogen receptor modulators have clotting risk, so... Be careful. And um, yeah, so you have some uh, research to do, some decisions to make, some blood work to do. And then after that, um, I think everything is going to be okay, man. Everything's going to be all right. All right, I have a little bit of gyno. I still got married. So it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. Safe journey. Thank you. Another female. Man, we got two females today. It's amazing. Female, 35 years old. Prime time of your life. I've been taking spironolactone, 100 milligrams for... Wait, wait, I answered it. Didn't I answer this question? Yeah, answer this question, please. Um, I answered this question, the second question of this um, uh, vigorous Q&A. So go back maybe to the eight-minute mark. Right, so that's minus two hours plus eight minutes. So let's uh, go back like one hour, 15 minutes. And then I answered your question there. Yeah, because you're a member and you asked your question on the, the, the little thread that I have on YouTube. And I answered it in depth. All right. So, yes, it will affect your progress. Um, so ideally, you take that out and use all of the other recommendations, which I gave you a little bit earlier. Um, so unfortunately, we only have one female in the Vigorous crew. But Alex, um, you are great. Thank you for joining. And 35 years old, uh, prime time. Yeah, I met my wife when she was 30. And when she was 35, um, freaking hot. Yeah. Free I'm based on your picture, I would say you're doing very well for yourself also. Hope to see you at the Olympia. All right. Hopefully your acting will be resolved by that time. It's only two months away. Henry. 
Wouldn't ambivalent or tell me start to negatively affect gains? Uh, not that I have experience. If anything, it might actually improve your gains because you have more uh, ca calories for uh, anabolism that your heart is not stealing away. And the blood flow through all of the uh, skeletal muscle is now improved from the uh, telmosartan that improves the vasculatory system and opens up all these um, you know, small blood vessels uh, all over your body. I want to stay as healthy as possible while on gear. I'm taking Biquinol, high uh, EPA fish oil, bergamot, azetamide, H, garlic extract, taurine, and, uh, and hopefully you're eating healthy also. Um, but yeah, 5 milligrams nimbivolol, 40 milligrams telmosartan, assuming that you check your potassium levels and you don't overdo the potassium supplements. Um, I would say it's good, man. I, I did an exact similar protocol like you did, and uh, I'm in a great state of health, minus a couple of pimples here and there. But yeah, pimples are not the end of the world, unless you end up with a partner which is, is super superficial, <laughs> and you just move on to the next one. Uh, thinking of moving to Thailand, how much should I budget for living expenses in Thailand? Considering gear, small apartment, gym membership, pre-made food from dieting companies. Okay, skip the last one, cook your own fucking food. Um, because, uh, yeah, just cook your own meal. Fresh, right? It's a hot country. So uh, you need about $2,000 to get started per month. That's after taxes, not before taxes. You need $2,000 net, so that's about 70,000 baht. Um, life gets fun from about 150,000 baht onwards. And if you make a million baht a month, um, you don't have to worry about shit. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Of course, you don't tell anybody that you make over a million baht per month because most people here are making 70,000 baht a month. And then you make a fuckload of friends that are all ready to be, um, you know, on the receiving end of your hard work. So... Um, if you're financially secure, you stay low key. And then when people ask you, make a modest 70,000 baht a month. Yeah. Small apartment is about 15,000 baht. Uh, gym membership, muscle factory will set you back like 3,000 baht a, uh, a month. But if you do a year membership, it's a lot cheaper. So let's say you spend 2,000 baht a month. So that's 17,000 in total. Gear, I mean, uh, sky's the limit, right? So let's set 10,000 baht aside, $300 a month for gear. You should have a little bit of test growth hormone and some other stuff, some ancillaries. So now we're at 27,000 baht a month. Another 15,000 baht for food, ideally 20,000, so you can eat out once in a while. And then uh, the rest you can spend on, pro no, no, not prostitutes and ladyboys. You can spend it any way you like. Yeah, so you have plenty of money left. I know people here who spent 35,000 baht, so that's $1,000 a month. Quality of life, I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah. I, I, the more the merrier, but the more you make, the more you keep your mouth shut. Yeah, so many new members today. What's up, bro? See you at the Olympia. See you there. And remember, guys, if you see me at the Olympia, just come up and say hi. Uh, are you D figure Steve? Yes. Just come and say hi. The last year I heard so many people just walk straight past me and they were intimidated, which I'm the nicest guy to talk to. I lost my voice after one day. So make sure you come talk to me at the first day so I still have a voice. Not that I sound all raspy and, and, and like a you know retired smoker with lung cancer. Um, yeah, you want to catch me early. I'm there the whole day, dude. I might be at a couple booths, uh, but just come find me, you know? Come find me, come talk to me. That's, uh, that's what I'm there for. So uh, I hope to see you at the Olympia and everybody else as well. And if you're in Japan, Osaka, or Tokyo, and you see me walking around there in Dotonburi or uh, Super Mario World or um, you know some of the shrines in uh, Kyoto, you can come say hi. 
right? I'm always approachable. Unless you're a creep. Then I'm not approachable. <laughs> but most people are not the uh, creepy kind that are subscribed here. And uh, Mr. Olympia saw a couple creepy dudes. Yeah. I still took pictures with them, though. So, because I'm a gentleman. Brandon Fries, €2.50. Make sure you post a question with that. So we can uh, share the love. All right. Where are we? Sushi bra. Fuck yeah, dude. If you are training first thing in the morning and eating before, would you just do cardio interme uh, immediately post-training and still does growth hormone before even though cardio is not fasted? Uh, yeah, that would work. I mean, you had a one meal, but you probably burned through that meal uh, during the workouts and then your uh, cardio semi-fasted. So you can take your growth hormone pre-training. I mean, it has a four, four and a half hour half-life. So it doesn't matter when you take it, just take it before training and do your cardio post-workout and then have your meal still get fat loss you know so don't have to overcomplicate it let's see jay Krim. i've had two bouts of active addiction to benzodiazepines so i was apprehensive about it thought some days the irritation was ridiculous right though okay so maybe he's communicating with somebody else um I hope you get that resolved. Let's see. Man, questions are filling 130, 130 people, so boatload of questions. The non vigorous PD, uh, oh yeah, the non PD QA is so much fun. Yeah, but it doesn't get me any super chats. But maybe at the end of the year, maybe when we break 100,000 subs, we'll do a non PD vigorous QA. Yeah, it might be next year, though. But the rate of my channel is growing. I uh, After Joe passed, I gained a lot of subscribers, right? And then all those people unsubscribed and ruined the algorithm. So instead of uh, gaining 3,500 subscribers, now I gain 1,500. So we're not going to make it before the Olympia, unfortunately. Unless you guys uh, tell all your friends to subscribe. Tell your grandmother to subscribe. There might be something for here, uh, her, here for her as well. Because we do uh, talk a little bit about anti-aging. And enjoying your life in moderation. So yeah, I, I won't make a hundred thousand subs before the Olympia unless I uh, sell my soul and start doing what the, the rest of the fitness industry is doing. Uh, maybe you should comment on uh, Johnny Shreve and uh, Greg Tuchet having a blowout. Yeah, that will give me views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Sam Sulik about how unhealthy he eats and how where he trains, and how much drugs he takes, and that we're all worried. Right? That will give me views. Yeah, or, or Phil Heath's uh, steroid cycle, which he, f you know, mentioned a couple things and, um, you know, was so uh, high and mighty on his own uh, high horse that yeah, that could be a good video. And anyway, I think I better just stick stick in my lane, stay in my lane and educate you guys. And uh, then we'll slowly collect all the intelligent people, which I don't think that are more than 200,000 on this planet. <laughs> or at least interested in this kind of content so yeah when we reach 100,000 subs we'll do a nice cigar uh, but I'll be outside and then we'll do a non uh, non PED Q&A to celebrate all right uh, I think somebody had a super chat right so let me see if I here it is all right Brian DeFries first of all thank you for all your information so is there any way to lower the numb feeling why on GH at night sleep using five to six I use. Well, it shouldn't happen on that uh, dose. So uh, look into high dose taurine 
And what else are you running, right? If you're running Anadrol or anything that just promotes fullness, insulin, then you might get a little bit of numbness from that as well. 5,000 milligrams of taurine, 1,000 milligrams of taurine with each meal, five times a day, maybe six times a day, but beyond 5,000 milligrams of taurine, most people don't get, really get relief, which helps with the um, uh, be, uh, fluid balance with the interstitial space, uh, inter intercellular and in extracellular space. Uh, so that might help uh, reducing the dose for a while and then slowly building it up. Something like a blood pressure medication like telmasartan might help. Um, and otherwise, look into your electrolyte intake. You know, I mean, uh, a growth hormone promotes sodium and, and electrolyte retention, and, and thus you might get more water retention than you get. Uh, maybe do a sauna here and there to ex, uh, you know, dump a little bit of the sodium. No, diuretics is not the answer. But, you know, there's a multitude of things you can look into. There, there's a video about lower back pumps. Give that video a watch. I go over a lot of options. And um, I'm sure there's a solution in there somewhere. All right. Well, definitely come say hi. Uh, not a shy guy. Good. Thank God it's only a, four, a five hour drive for me. Oh, it's five hours. It's cute. I have to fly for 27 hours. I have a multitude of different stops. So we'll see you there. Uh, where is this? All right. Here. Another one. Oh, I just answered this, so, but that was on the previous $3, uh, on the $2.50, and then I answered this one. Should I answer it again, guys, but twice as long? <laughs> I don't know, no, that, that, that was the extent of my advice. <laughs> so thanks for the, uh, what is it, 6, uh, 8, 8 euros 50. All right, I can go to Dice. I actually can get two pieces of sushi for that in Japan. So, Brian, much appreciated. I will definitely uh, hit the Kaiten sushi and uh, start loading up on uh, tuna. Work on my uh, mercury levels. Alex Carrera. Um, have you tried Mont C for metabolism? I was the one who talked about it. For, no, not first. But um, type in Mont C and, and go through my blood work. And, and dude, I think Mount C and 5-amino-1-MQ in combination with nicotinamide mononucleotide. Or not dude, ma'am. Sorry. <laughs> um, I think that's the best ever. The problem is with Mount C is that um, it, it can cause like severe allergic reactions at uh, the site of administration. And it happens with most brands. And the problem is you have to reconstitute it and inject it right away. And if you, the longer you wait, the allergic response is less, but it seems that it kind of loses its potency the longer you wait uh, until the administration. So intramuscular administrations are preferred, 2.5 to 5 milligrams um, twice a week, intramuscularly. And if you get an allergic response or, or um, like you feel, what is that called? Where your tongue stalls just swell up, um, anaphylactic response. If you get that, then Motsi is not for you. And I've heard that happen to several people where they get an anaphylactic response and they, they, they lay on the couch thinking that they're going to die and then 30 minutes later they're fine. Um, but And that's coming from the same sources that I've used, you know, through compounding pharmacies and then using TaylorMade or, or some of the high-quality peptide sites. So be careful because uh, some people really don't respond well to it. But if you do respond well to it and you can deal with this... Um, you know, a little bit of a rash that might occur at the site of administration. Therefore, metabolism and weight loss, again, in combination with 5-amino-1-MQ and nicotinamide mononucleotide and a proper diet, um, very, very good. And your energy levels will stay sustained throughout. 
yeah, I talked to several people at the Mr. Olympia who followed the similar protocol last year, and they uh, they were competitors. So that was good to see. So it, it, Alex Ferreira, um, look into it. But some of these older videos, I think if you search for 5amino1mq and Motsi on my YouTube channel, you'll find uh, a couple different videos discussing the benefits. All right, Rob Schleidman, zero alcohol in five and a half years, no weed in 15 months. I'm starting test nine weeks. I started test nine weeks ago. The itch for a nice cab and a cigar has surfaced. Interesting. I have the other way around. When I'm off cycle, I feel like drinking. <laughs> when I'm on cycle, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm already using something. Uh, but like, right, I think I have, I think the last couple of months I've drank more alcohol than usual. Yeah, I smoke more cigars than usual. And on cycle, I don't really feel like it. Um, but again, testosterone increases dopamine. And what also goes well with dopamine is cigars and uh, alcohol. So, um, yeah, keep that in mind. Right? Maybe testosterone is a gateway drug into, um, you know, breaking uh, uh, or getting back into old habits. Um, maybe you need more testosterone to take the edge off. I'm not sure. But, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with a cigar. And if you want to have... Uh, well, zero alcohol in five and a half years, it's a bit hard to break. Um, I'll leave it up to you. But yeah, it could be through the dopaminergic system. You know, testosterone increases dopamine uh, levels. And uh, yeah, here, Alex. Um, everyone kept saying sub-Q, which was horrid swelling at the site. Yeah, that's what a lot of people have from uh, Motsi. Um, I've had an allergic reaction every time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible. So that's one of the reasons why I stopped it, because I got that allergic reaction also and sometimes it was worse than others but when it was worse i got better energy levels throughout the week sometimes to the point i was so energetic that i uh, just kept running around like i was on amphetamines um, but not that you have that amphetamine high but just just like deeply rooted energy um i could use some of that um but fuck matzi is like 50 bucks a pop right so yeah unfortunately you go Steve, do a nether or not on sebum? And sebum is not natural. <laughs> he admitted the steroids. <laughs> Come on now. I like sebum. You know what I realized with natty or not? Um, I think you can really hurt some people's feelings <laughs> and send over a lot of hate in their way. So the only reason why I made a video about, um, what's his name? Uh, Jesse James West is because he did a drug test, which I'm very familiar with. And he took injectable pre-workouts, which I'm very familiar with. But I don't know, man. I think my audience is too intelligent for Natty or not. Um, so if I see something interesting, I'll do a reaction video. But I don't know, man. It's, I feel it's beneath me. <laughs> really. I think these Natty or nots are beneath me. Nobody's, a, nobody's natural, especially if they mention it. Yeah. Just so, if you have to mention that you're natural, then you're not natural because everybody knows when you're natural or not. It, I mean, you look unimpressive unless you're absolutely peeled. And then you look impressive but stringy. So, uh, next question from PW. I'm getting sleepy, guys. Fuck. I have, uh, I have to get the latest uh, booster, mandatory. Uh, what can I do to mitigate the risks? I'm 51 in the off-season cycle and healthy. Um... I mean, I, I still regret getting mine. So if you can find a way around it, you know. But of course, a green card. Is it still required for a green card? I think we're, I thought we were over this shit. 
Um, don't drink, don't smoke, don't think anything inflammatory. Um, and look into plasmapheresis so you can get that shit out of your body as soon as possible. Yeah, that, you know. If you're on an off-season cycle, I would just take... I got severe myocarditis, man. And I think it's the second booster that raised my cardiac marker. So if you, if you, if you can get around it, you know. If you're healthy, you're 51, you're not in the risk group. And again, you're probably getting bullied into it like I was because I felt that it was going to be required for the visa, just like you think you're going to get, think that it's required for the visa. But I regret it to this day. It's been almost two years and I still regret it. So if you can get around it, um, yeah, I hope you can. All right, let's not get political in the chat, guys. I know, I know it's, I know it's going to happen. Don't do it. Let me remove this. Um, yeah, and some people talk about natokinase, lumbrokinase, uh, and uh, seropeptase, but I don't think there's any conclusive evidence that that can really mitigate some of the harm um, of uh, myocarditis. So, but it's it's something worth looking into. Is it worth taking GHRP or ipromelin for GH release and fat loss? Um, uh, if you're young, you can't afford growth hormone. But if you're over 30, 40 years old, just go with growth hormone, you know? Really, I, I would just go with growth hormone. GHRP6 and ipromelin, yes, you can increase your growth hormone secretion if you're young, your pituitary is responsive, uh, and you can, uh, but dude, a combination of GHRP6 and ipromelin is probably just as expensive as taking two IUs of growth hormone. And even two IUs of growth hormone will give you more of a response than uh, this combination of GHRP and ipromorella. I promise you, really. So, plus you can time your GH uh, closer to activity like fasted cardio or uh, workouts, but with GHRP6 or ipromorella, there's a lag time and it might take hours before your you know growth hormone levels significantly rise. And if you have uh, food in your stomach or you just ate some carbohydrates and some insulin release, then your growth hormone secretion is going to be blunted. Um, so you need to take GHRP6 and Iperellin basically before bed in a fasted state or upon waking in a fasted state and you have to wait like two hours before growth hormone levels and IGF-1 levels are high enough for fat loss uh, increase during fasted cardio. So, all right, guys, no more super chats. We have eight minutes left. Um, no more super, super chats. I have to post it in the chat because uh, otherwise people are still going to super chat. <laughs> All right, the step forward. Uh, can getting sick raise your blood pressure? Yes, it can. Been hovering around 140, 100. Man, that's pretty high for a week now. Any advice? Um, stop eating for a couple of days. Do a sauna to increase your uh, body temperature, reduce, uh, uh, reduce a little bit of, or lose a little bit of sodium. And um, maybe look into a blood pressure medication, right? But you need to get it acutely because this blood pressure is pretty high. So um, maybe go to the clinic, do your blood pressure there and say, hey, listen, I need some immediate fucking relief. Give me a beta blocker or an angiotensin receptor blocker to get my blood pressure down. Um, and, and hopefully they will prescribe it. But you're in Canada, right? CA, Canadian dollars. Yeah, it might be difficult. <laughs> it's turning into a police state over there. Um, yeah, so otherwise, um, 
man, a, a beetroot extract. If you can go to a GNC or a supplement store and have beetroot extract, it can increase your uh, increase nitric oxide concentration in the bloodstream. And otherwise, a gorilla mode nitric can also lower your blood pressure quite substantially. So you don't have to dose that pretty high, but maybe take like a quarter scoop multiple times per day. It can reduce your blood pressure quite substantially. At least in this case, I think you can get back into normal blood. Uh, blood pressure readings if you dose do a low dose nitric more frequently but again you have to order that from the united states and it takes a while so uh, give that some thought all right here we are also how do i reduce fat cell count as a natural i've been forever 15 percent body fat no matter the weight also what supplements would you take to cut if you want to reduce your fat cells you have to do with um what's his name uh Man, what is his name? It's getting late. Uh, another IFB pro um, who took ate like apples and ran for like a year straight, and he's always shredded. So if you want to have um, fat cell destruction, you need to be in a caloric deficit to the point you eat up all of your fat cells, and then never get over fifteen percent body fat again, or ideally ten, because you know you have uh, adipose uh, hypertrophy. And hyperplasia even. So if you get really, really fat, you get a hyperplasia of the fat cells and thus you have more fat cells. And if you want to remove that, you need to go through the apoptosis process where you're just depleted all the freaking time, which will be terrible in your hormone panel. Um, look at the naturals, which are always lean. I think they're always lean and never get fat uh, through dietary measures. And thus they reduce the amount of fat cells that they have. And of course, the insulin sensitivity that they have on the skeletal muscle is substantial. Um, because they don't have these inflammatory um, inf inflammatory release from the adipose tissue. So, uh, yeah, you're going to have to diet the hard way and diet very, very long and stay in caloric restrictive state for a very long time uh, to the point your fat cells might reduce. Might. It's not a guarantee. It might. Um, also, what supplements would you take to cut? Um, HMB, creatine. And that's all you can choose from, right? As a natural, that works. Ectisterone, uh, tergesterone, uh, you might get some response out of that, but some people might claim that you're not natural natural anymore, even though they're not on the wider prohibited list. Um, and, and just make sure you eat healthy, you know? I mean, if you really want good uh, advice for naturals, 3D Muscle Journey and uh, Alberto Nunez, that's kind of where it's at. Uh, not Lay Norton, Norton. I think that guy's full of shit. <laughs> but uh, I don't think he was natural at all. He's a natural liar. Yeah. So, all right, let's wrap it up, guys. I'm getting sleepy. Uh, Brian, I told you no more super chats. Fuck, dude. Everybody's like, what about me? All right, last one. I think my electrolytes went down using 500 tests, 500 master on 180 train. When I lower my master on, up my test. Can I use Arimidex instead of Aromacin? Um, I, I, what was the previous question again? Make sure that I don't give you the wrong advices. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, it was no one growth hormone. All right. So you want to increase your test. I think your electrolyte balance is off. Uh, could be from the Mastron, which promotes electrolyte excretion. Uh, if you increase the test, your water retention and electrolyte um, 
retention will go up but of course 180 milligrams of trim per week also potentiates that why don't you check your serum electrolytes and your serum estradiol levels see where you're at um, you can use a Rumidex, but it is a uh, inhibitor of uh, several steps in the or one step of the sex hormone cascade and it might actually increase your cholesterol levels more than aromacin does so i would prefer aromacin but again sourcing is always an issue so make sure that you get um that one uh instead all right so if you want to do seven dude i would keep it here dude fix your um uh what is it the carpal tunnel first and then start messing with your cycle so do blood work, fix your carpal tunnel, and then you can change your ratio of testosterone to trimbolone. Um, step one is fixing, or step one is blood work, step two is fixing, and step three is cycle adjustments based on what you need to do uh, on your blood work and if the issues are resolved or not. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, I'm sleepy as hell, but I still got to do one more consultation after this. <laughs> so <laughs> money never sleeps. All right, guys, thank you guys so much for joining. Uh, next week, we'll probably not be here unless you guys get lucky. I might do a uh, live stream uh, from Japan, but don't count on it. Next time I'll be live for sure is um, September 16th, then 23rd, then 30th, then October 7th, and then I'm off to the United States or uh, China first. So you got, uh, uh, let's see, one, two, three, ah, four more. Yeah, you got four more for sure. And then uh, we'll, we'll try to do it sporadically. Okay, guys. Um, I'll see you guys soon. Uh, next week, uh, three videos are dropping. Don't worry about that. And um, maybe another one if I get my blood work results from the Incrolex or uh, IGF-1 tests that I did today. Um, but if I don't get my binding proteins back tomorrow, then that video is going to have to wait. Peace out. Don't misbehave too bad. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, in two weeks for sure. And maybe next week, um, you know, if everything is uh, A-OK -okay with the internet over there in Japan. See you later.